record. Okay, hold on. There's no partners yet, just yet. We don't have partners yet, but we will soon, very soon. Uh, what? What, what? No, I'm, I'm talking to. Oh. I'm with you, man, I'm with you. All right, we're live and we're recording. Howdy, partners. Howdy, howdy. And it's not partners, it's, it's a D. Partners. Partner. 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 That's right. Um, so we were talking that's, about... That's uh, the folks at home. You, you, you're the partners. Yes. Yes. Or what are the... What is it, World Economic Forum likes to say? Stakeholders. <laughs> you're the wealthy fat cats in, in, the, in all the anti-Semitic memes. You know? you're, the, you're the lab rats. Oh, yeah. Fat cats, lab rats. Maybe I should say that. I was like, I was like, how do you lab rats? Yeah, you yeah. get you presented that as an idea. Was it last week? You're like, just write to them. You are a lab rat. <laughs> it sounds like Norm Macdonald. Hey, guess what? You are a lab rat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see it. I can hear it. <laughs> I can hear it. Um, so this topic, dude. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say that this could be the most important uh, podcast I think that we, that we've done. But what I really mean is the topic, the topic is yes. the most important. So if we, if we can communicate it. Yes. Properly. Clearly. And some people hear it, then, it, then it could be important. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about uh, NPCs, the concept of NPC. People who are, we think are non-player characters in the world or in our lives and and there's this i guess there's this kind of prevailing uh idea circling around our circles or maybe our the what you would call the anti-schmax environment or even i would say even right wing what do you call it red pill whatever you want to call i don't know i don't i don't want to use those words because i don't want to like fall into all that crap but so people are talking about people who are NPCs, like people you encounter on a day-to-day -day basis where you're looking at them, where you're talking to them, and you don't really see any gears turning necessarily. It doesn't, again, it doesn't mean the people are stupid. Some of these people are like Ivy League grads or even PhD masters, what, I have, what have you. But it doesn't seem like they, they, have, they have, the first of all, the ability to think critically. We've seen that in the last two and a half years. It doesn't seem like they they have the ability to go beyond the confines of protocol in any given situation, even if the even if what either the protocol itself or what the protocol uh, breeds in any given situation is is illogical or or just or even if it's logical, it's just stupid or or you know like unreasonable. Let's put it that way. Um, and they don't have the ability. It's almost like they lack empathy. You know, they don't have the ability to go beyond or like empathize with your situation. Or even if they say, I, oh, you know, I understand, but we still got to do it the way, you know, some rule, stupid BS rule wants it, right? So we were talking about this and, and, and you know, so even our friend Eric kind of made the half joke, you know, he feels like a lot of people, in, you know, dare he say in the, in the from world, people who grew up religious are NPC style kind of people. 
And so you kind of vehemently disagreed and you kind of got, we got into this whole discussion about why people, you know, why are you the way that you are? Why people are the way that they are? Why they had to develop this, I guess it's like a skin or, or it's a, or it's a, it's a really a survival, survival mechanism, really. Um, but it's interesting because it, it kind of, for me, and maybe you can clarify it because for me, it flies in the face of meaning, dude, you see me, right? Like I'm very open when it comes to my friends, when it comes to people that I know, or even let's say people, people, friends of friends, I'm, I can do comedy. I can do shtick and this, this and that and the other, but when it's people I don't know, it's like almost like I'm like an NPC, but I'm not an NPC, you know, I'm, I'm still, as I'm, as I'm being kind of, uh, very proper and almost like monotone and, uh, how should I put this, uh, you know, just going according to not protocol, but I'm just being kind of appropriate, let's say, you know, uh, or formal, my gears are turning in my head. You know, again, can I play this Dave Chappelle clip for you? Here, this is what I, this is, this is basically me in a nutshell. I didn't say yes, but all right, yeah, I guess. I, I, want, I want to play, it's a, a minute and a half. It's called Dave Chappelle, Social, Social Anxiety and Crazy Talk. This, dude, this is me in a freaking nutshell. And I think this is actually a lot of people who end up, who do like stand-up comedy, not to say that I'm part of the stand-up comedian class, but I've done, I've done stand-up comedy. You know, here, this is, I played this before. That's my problem. I can't, I can't handle pressure. <laughs> Sometimes pressure makes me talk different. I'm serious. You ever have like that social pressure? You ever talk to somebody who's fake and they make you fake? Like that kind of you're like, hey, how you doing? And you're like, fine, how are you? And you're like, how do you talk like that? I get sick of that shit. I do. It just makes me sick. Sometimes I'll talk crazy just to make myself. So he just gets into the whole thing of being stopped by cops and talking like uh, whatever. Like I just want to think that one. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, that's how I talk, see? No, but like, <laughs> dude, but that that's me in every single gathering. Like somebody is fake. Most people are fake or most people are just being formal. And they suck me into their, I don't know, NPC-ness, whatever you want to call it. I get sucked into it. Also because I'm an empath and empaths get sucked into this kind of stuff. You know, you're from uh, you're from Beta Z. Is that where you're from? I don't know where the freak I'm from, bro. In uh, in Star Trek: oh, The Next okay. Generation, there's a planet of empaths. They're yeah. they're from Beta Z. Oh, okay. One of them. One of them is the is the ship uh, psychologist. I, I just want to let you and and especially the folks at home know. I keep coming across people, especially recently, who are either into Star Trek or into Star Wars. Yeah, it's pretty popular. I know? don't know anything. I mean, I, I, know, I, I know the basics. You're cooler than us, dude. No, no, it's not about cool. I'm just giving you a, a it's a confession. <laughs> I don't know the details of the different little characters that people, most people don't. And I, I, I not that I only I don't know. I hate to, actually, I don't hate to admit this. I'm sorry to admit to you. I don't care. Because yeah, you're, you're cooler than us. No, it's not cool. I just don't care. Why? Because it, well, first of all, it feels like to me that people who are into these, this stuff and people, and I'm not demeaning anybody. I'm not making, you know, yeah, I'm not demeaning anybody. I'm not, I'm not ragging on anybody. They're into, like, I had this one roommate in Jerusalem. He's into Star Wars, Star Trek, and uh, Marvel, all this, everything, the whole Kin Caboodle. 
they what what happens is a lot of people turn these uh movies or stories or or comics into actual real worlds and environs and they and people get very very emotional and i and i sometimes want to take them and shake them and say motherfucker this is not a real person these are not real scenarios if you want to say that these are uh you know marvel for example gives us these comics to show us what's happening actually in our world as like you know sometimes like as a predictor you know predictive programming maybe but dude you're 40 you like i had this one roommate you're 40 he has like little figurines and shit and he gets emotional about the characters and this and that and look at it you're 40 bro i can i can i can explain yes Wait, do you even want to know or you just yeah, want to I want to know. I just wanted to say that one piece. Yeah, sorry. No, pardon my language. No, no, no problem, man. I, I, I was just saying, like, yes. so you t- tell me when, like, you've laid out the, the topic so then I can begin to respond. I've laid out the topic and, um, but that thing, I think there was maybe an aside because you mentioned Star Trek. I just, I wanted to go off on a rant about Star Trek and all these other things. But yes, so essentially I find myself you know, going through life again, man, I'm selling an apartment. I'm dealing, I'm just, it's just one example of many dealing with management office or I don't know, lawyers or whomever. And there's like documents and rules and this and that. And people almost seems like they don't have really the ability to go beyond certain constraints. Yeah. Cause there's so many. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the yeah. point. And, and when, and no, so when you, so the whole thing is that when you talk to them and you say, well, maybe if, you know, it's like my mother likes to say, you know, make my, our lives, our lives, not just mine, our lives easier. You know, you told me that they don't want to get into a headache. So because they don't want to have a headache, they, they're happy to give me a headache, but not themselves a headache. So we get, let's parse that out because yeah. that, you know, that, that, that's one that's, of the bigger points. Yeah. So yeah, man, it just seems like most people we, we come across in this world are just, Ain't nothing going on but the rent up there, you know? Yeah. And I mean, what, that's what it, that's what's what it, going on. that's what it seems like. So that's yeah. what, uh, that's what I wanted to yeah. uh, offer some ideas about. Yeah. And by the way, again, I just want to reiterate, they're not stupid. Nobody here is stupid. I mean, there's some people who just meet you worse, downright stupid, but these are not stupid people. They were smart enough to sit on their ass and get a degree from some top university, master's, PhD. Some of these people are even doctors, lawyers, otherwise intelligent people, supposedly, allegedly. But no, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. All right, I'm done. <laughs> I, I don't do it. The intro. <laughs> if you need more time, no, take no, no. it. No, no, no. I yeah, that's that's pretty much. Yep. So, okay. So just a couple of quick things, and this time I'm yeah. going to make them quick uh star wars and star trek fans mm-hmm. the adults who don't have access to torah mm-hmm. feel stuff ideas that are resonating mm-hmm. and that is their which are torah like yeah. and and star trek and star wars is literally their only source for those ideas so so when they don't understand that that these are good metaphors for 
realistic concepts. And so it just becomes an out of, you know, it becomes an out of control thing where they start having a, a Star Wars living room. Yeah. You understand? That kind of stuff, you know? So, you know, so, and, or they, you know, they try to get their Lego uh, Millennium Falcon signed by Harrison Ford. And that's the greatest thing in their life. You understand? Yeah. So I like Star Wars and Star Trek, but I was lucky enough to have contact with Torah. And I start to see parallels and then you start to see oh, these, these could be used as good metaphors, as la- language, uh, uh, as, as, as a co- it's like a language of concepts yeah. that you can use. Yeah. You can use Star Wars and Star Trek and other science fiction, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. To, to uh, compare it to certain topics to help people understand Torah concepts. Sometimes even like the few religious guys who like grew up religious, but they also have some familiarity with like some science fiction. They also see those like comparisons and it's even helpful to them. That's kind of rare. I see that. That explains the star Wars and star Trek people. I I understand that. But then, but then when people get into the whole like coffee mugs and all this other stuff, because they, they, because there's no, those all those things they associate with the deep, with the deep feelings and thoughts mm. that are evoked. I'm talking about religious dude. I'm talking about religious guys, monorthodox guys that I know, who who do, who have this do this. Forty years Ooh. old with a with a Star Wars notebook. Like, um, I don't know. Maybe it's the same thing. Like you, like you said, modern Orthodox guys, not necessarily. Uh, are the, they're orthodox by practice but yes. in terms of exposure to ideas they seem to be self-limiting yeah so if, if you have a, a modern orthodox guy who never learns kabbalah or hasidut yeah. so star wars becomes his kabbalah yeah maybe similar idea yeah it could be can you hear my baby crying a little bit not, not too much i heard the, a noise <laughs> That's okay. Uh, his bottle is being prepared, mm. and he is not. And and I feel like, uh, if he could, he would ask to see the manager. It's. It sounds like you. You were describing something in like the Last Emperor. His bottle is being prepared. Yeah. Bring the emperor's bottle. That's precisely the effect I was going for. But it is. It's good that you brought up the Last Emperor. That's a better. Uh, that's a better framework for the for what I'm trying to paint here. Very good. So his, his bottle is being, I'm going to give a commentary to the folks at home. Bottle being prepared is being shook. It will soon be placed in its correct location. Just another moment. Just another moment. Just another moment. Okay. All right. Okay. Right. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Right. yeah so. <laughs> okay. So here we are. Back. Sorry, folks. Okay. So I think you know. Well, you know, we'll, the Star Wars people have uh, they've had enough time on our show. Yeah. Okay. So um, now I want to first just kind of quickly mention. Uh, why I think this topic is so important and so terrifying, mm-hmm. because 
there seems to be a look we know that the world economic forum and klaus schwab that evil sack of shit okay and all of his crew and his whole family all these garbage people that they look at all of us as npcs correct that's important to understand yeah which means that and this is kind of a true if you want to think about people within the framework of npc then you have to understand that we are all npcs on some level relatively yeah right we're npcs me and you are npcs relative to the people who look at us as npcs meaning like we think that we're cool we think that we're expressive we think that we you know that we have balls that we say what needs to be said but there's other guys out there looking at us like like a couple of pussies like yeah you guys aren't doing shit or, or, like, or like uh, the person who works at, say, the cashier place probably looks at all the people going through, you know, the people, the customers as NPCs. You yeah, know, they the, could be. And the customers, I, I met, I, I've met these cashiers who are very expressive people and they're trying to, you know, they say hi to you. They try to get you to engage. And, and, the, and there's some days where I, I don't want to or where I'm kind of like, you know. But that's just yeah. because I'm an introvert, not because I'm an NPC. Again, like you talked about shine. No, but this, what, what I'm saying is that uh, not everybody has the same definition of NPC. Yeah. Okay. And some people, introverts, are NPCs. That's that's how they would define an NPC. Yeah. Okay. So, <clears throat> so uh, to the globalists, we're all NPCs. Yeah. Okay. Um, we're all like living on a low level. We're not living life really. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And and all of them, by the way, are have been enlightened yeah. by specific philosophies. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. uh, and I'll give you a name, a big name among these people, for the folks at home who they consider a big enlightening figure in their lives that make them non-NPCs and the fact that you don't know about this person and that you haven't embraced his teachings mm-hmm. that makes you an NPC okay, okay? his name is Gurdjieff Gurdjieff let me see if I can get the spelling George okay. Gurdjieff Armenian philosopher let's read about him a little bit yes was an Armenian philosopher, mystic, spiritual teacher, composer of Armenian and Greek, and composer of Armenian Greek descent, born in Alexandropol, Russian Empire, or now Gyumri, Armenia. Gurdjieff taught that most humans do not, do not possess a unified consciousness and thus live their lives in a state of hypnotic waking sleep, but that it is possible to awaken to a higher state of consciousness and achieve full human potential. I think in and of itself, that sentence I agree with, but let's see what he meant by that. Yeah. You have described the method attempting to do so, calling the discipline the work, connoting work on oneself or the system. According to his principles and instructions, Gurdjieff's method for awakening one's consciousness unites the methods of the fakir, monk, and yogi, and thus referred to it as the fourth way. So it's actually another philosophy, basically. So let's see, ideas. Uh, this is a mystery school. All of his ideas come from hermetic yeah. uh, mystery schools. So now, yes. Gurdjieff argued that many of the existing forms of religious and spiritual tradition on earth had lost connection with their original meaning. Could be true. 
and vitality and so and so could no longer serve humanity in the way that had been intended at their inception uh he's Can not I stop wrong. you for a second yeah he's not wrong every every <laughs> philosophy yeah. right that has gained traction on planet earth yeah it always starts off making a lot of sense because yeah. it just uses basic truths yeah the difference the differences between them yeah. one of the main differences is and therefore what exactly like here's what reality is and therefore let's embrace all people and yeah. love them and help them or let's yeah. let's get rid of the ch the chaff yeah let's only keep the people who are enlightened yeah. that's the two those are the two paths folks two options yeah so let me just keep reading what he's, he's he goes as a result humans were failing to realize the truths of ancient teachings and were instead becoming more and more like automatons susceptible to control from outside and increasingly capable of otherwise unthinkable acts of mass psychosis such as world war one at best the various surviving sects and schools could provide only a one-sided development which did not result in a fully integrated human being well, i mean listen dude if you look at again set aside this guy's you know whatever again and therefore what i know i know i'm just saying but look so he's you know look at the haredi well i'm trying to lay out a thing where like to 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 fortify what you're saying meaning meaning it's very easy to come to the haredi world and say that you know, so like just an but we'll explain why yeah. why Haredim and other people seem that way, but yeah. we but yeah. but it but that's not correct. I know that's my, that's what I'm going to argue. I know I understand. I understand. I'm just I'm just giving you people like a surface level. See, it says according to Gurdjieff, only one dimension of the three dimensions of the person, namely, either the emotions or the physical body or the mind, tends to develop in such schools and sects, and generally at the expense of the other faculties or centers, as Gurdjieff called them. As a result, these paths fail to produce a properly balanced human being. Furthermore, anyone wishing to undertake any of the traditional paths to spiritual knowledge, which Gurdjieff reduced to three, namely the path of the fakir, the path of the monk, and the path of the yogi, were required to renounce, the li renounce life in the world, which obviously, you know, not true. Gurdjieff thus developed a fourth way, which would be amenable to the re requirements of modern people living in modern times in Europe and America. Instead of developing body, mind, or emotion separately, Gurdjieff's discipline work on all three to promote comprehensive and balanced inner development. In parallel with other spiritual traditions, Gurdjieff taught that a person must expand, expend considerable effort to effect the transformation that leads to awakening. The effort that is put into practice, Gurdjieff referred to as the work or work on oneself. According to Gurdjieff, working on oneself is not so difficult as wishing to work, taking the decision. Uh, though Gurdjieff never put major significance on the term fourth way and never used the term in his writings, his pupil P.D. Uspensky from 1924 to 1947 made the term and its use central to his own teaching of Gurdjieff's ideas. After Uspensky's death, his students published a book called The Fourth Way based on his lectures. Gurdjieff's teaching addressed the, the question of humanity's place in the universe and the importance of developing latent poten potentialities. Regarded, regarded as our natural endowment as human beings, but rather brought to, but rarely brought to fruition. He taught that higher levels of consciousness, higher bodies, inner growth and development are real possibilities that nonetheless require conscious work to achieve. In his teaching, Gurdjieff gave a distinct meaning to various ancient texts, such as the Bible and many religious prayers. He believed that such texts possess meanings very different from those commonly attributed to them. Sleep not, awake, for you know not the hour, and the kingdom of heaven is within are examples of biblical statements which po point to teachings whose essence has been forgotten. Gurdjieff taught people how to increase and focus their attention and energy in various ways and to minimize daydreaming and absent-mindedness. According to his teaching, 
This inner development of oneself is the beginning of a possible further process of change, the aim of which is to transform people into what Gurdjieff believed they ought to be. Distrust, distrusting quote-unquote morality, which he describes as varying from culture to culture, often contradic contradictory and hypocritical, Gurdjieff greatly stressed the importance of conscience. conscience. To provide con conditions in which inner attention could be exercised more extensively, intensively, Gurdjieff also taught his pupils sacred dances or movements, later known as the Gurdjieff movements, which they performed together as a group. He also left a body of music inspired by what he heard in visits to remote monasteries and other places, written for piano in collaboration with one of his pupils, Thomas de Hartmann. Gurdjieff also used various exercises, such as the stop exercise, to prompt self-observation in his students. Other shocks to help awaken his pupils from constant daydreaming were also possible in any moment. Um, you want me to talk about the methods? Hello? Can I, can, I, can I stop you for a moment? Yes, yes, please. So a lot of, you know, you, you, when you read this, right, and, you, and whoever's like, you know, whoever's selling you or whenever you're reading about someone or something, mm -hmm. you always got to either assume that someone is, wants to put you off of it or wants to sell it to you. Yeah. Very difficult to write about something completely objectively. Okay? Correct. Correct. So, so basically, I, I would wager that for the folks at home, or anybody reading this, they're going to say a lot of this is, seems to really make sense. Yeah. But I'd also like to point out that a lot of these ideas are very, very open to interpretation. They're Correct. flexible. They're uh, vague. Yeah. Yeah. And there's also, whenever you have somebody like this, there's also other people who take it and interpret it and bend it, you know, to, to fit their own personality and, yeah. and, to, and to see if they can jam it into their own Yates or Hara. Yeah. Folks, we have all human beings have an evil inclination. Okay, we've spoken about it many times. Okay, it's implanted within us. We got it. All human beings are essentially born with it after the the uh, tree incident in the Garden of Eden. And so, when people they feel the need, they feel a calling. Uh, they feel some connection to some kind of system or some kind of, they want to be enlightened. There is that urge to be enlightened, yeah. but they're always being influenced by their evil inclination. Okay. Yeah. Um, here's, I'm going to give a very hyperbolic example. Um, ISIS, the terrorist organization. Okay. Um, they had some level of, they had an organized a vision for the world, an ideal. They want to establish a Muslim Quranic rule on the entire earth because they think it's best. Yeah. The methods for achieving that, right, are all the methods that are come naturally to them are therefore justifiable. So you have people who didn't even live in the area, right, mm -hmm. whose parents immigrated to all over Europe and the Western world, okay? And they went there to this place and they engaged in, a, in the most disgusting orgy of, of murder, torture, and rape that we've seen in the 21st century, at least certainly in the 21st century, okay? The people who went there, they were already rapists and murderers and sadists. 
And then when they went, when they went there, they found an opportunity to indulge in their evil inclination, but but with justification. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's that's a that's a hyperbolic example of what I'm of what I'm talking about. It also happens to be, unfortunately, a true example. Okay, so Mm -hmm. as you're reading this kind of thing, Gurdjieff, right? And there's a lot of similar ideas. Okay, you're gonna find. By the way, for anybody who anybody who's heard of uh, Alistair Crowley, yeah, right? Who has he has like a scary kind of reputation, right? You know, he has, you know, because there's things, there's legends about him and all this kind of stuff. You would be surprised how much overlap you'll find between what this guy is saying and other guys are saying, right? That sound reasonable. And Aleister Crowley. Mm-hmm. You understand? You start to understand that everybody is working with certain fundamental truths about the universe and about human nature. The differences, the primary differences are, and therefore what? Okay, it's always, it seems to be boiling down to. um, And therefore, we should, you know, the conclusion that many of these people come to, like the World Economic Forum people and the people that we're discussing, is that they didn't come to the conclusion with the, you know, when they encountered these universal truths, Mm -hmm. right? That, and therefore, we should, do we should spend all of our efforts to make sure all our brothers and sisters in humanity yeah. um to help them catch up yeah <laughs> understand to expand their consciousness yeah they came to the conclusion no they don't want to do kiru <laughs> right they, no because they don't because they came to the conclusion that it's essentially pointless yeah because they believe in inferior uh stock yeah okay they believe they're racists you understand folks like racism has been real racism has been under our noses well not under my nose but under most people's noses for a long time uh liberals in manhattan on the upper west side right they they do a lot of fundraising uh to and, and they and they do a lot of lobbying to help uh the quote unquote the the uh, the minority communities yeah under colored minority communities mm-hmm. okay um why because they don't think that they, they that that those people really have any chance to help themselves whatsoever called it's called the racism of low expectations it, it's it, or just stom racism yeah they they're like look you're inferior okay you need a little help it's Come called white, white white man's burden that's what they uh lot of ways you could say it okay so so basically that's what's going on here but they kind of took that idea Mm -hmm. and they it's it's a similar feeling because you know like when you see some you see a creature right yeah and let's say you see like a suffering horse Mm -hmm. you're you're walking on a country road and you see a suffering horse It, it broke it broke its leg and you, you just know that, that there's nothing that can be done for it. Yeah. So the best thing you can do is put it out of its misery. Yeah. That's the merciful thing to do. Yeah. In that case, you know, when, when you're talking about dealing with, with an animal, a yeah. non-human being animal who's stuck in that position, I personally, I agree with that. Yeah. I'm armed. I would 
take out my my I would take out my firearm and 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 I would I would put it out of its misery. I would. Yeah. But the people that we're dealing with who who released this virus and and released this vaccine uh, death shot and released who knows who knows what else is waiting for us. Okay, mm-hmm. they look at us. A lot of them look at us as horses with broken legs. Now, you might think to yourself, wait a minute, I'm not a horse with broke with, with a broken leg. Dude, can I interject? Out. The CEO of Schweizer is a veterinarian. Case in point. Go on. Interesting. Nice <laughs> little touch there. He's a veterinarian by tra- by training. Right. Right. I mean, it's not, it's not obvious to anybody why he's treating the same animals. <laughs> okay. So there's so folks, you have to remember that when you look at somebody and you call them an NPC. Right. There's somebody out there who's looking at you, somebody with more money than you, with more access to uh, enlightening information. Right. Like they've heard of Gurdjieff and you haven't. Right. Just I'm I'm being facetious, but you know what I'm saying. Right. Greg, you still there? Yes, I'm listening. I'm having a little it's difficult for me to uh because the baby's mm. i know that you guys can't hear the baby very loudly because yeah, the microphone isn't picking him up but he, he's crying very loudly so okay. I, I i'm i can't hear very well oh, okay. <laughs> so that's why i was asking if you're still there yeah okay okay so basically there's somebody out there who's looking at you like a lab rat mm-hmm. okay or who's looking at you with with pity saying you're 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 just a broken down mule and what, what's the point of extending your suffering? You can't really live a good life anyway. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? You know what I mean? First of all, you don't have any money. Like, you can't even enjoy yourself. Yeah. Like, think about this. And I, I'm sure you can relate to this. Yeah. If you, anybody who's lived in New York or a place like that, there's no real place like that, but let's use New York. Mm-hmm. If you live in Manhattan, right? And you have under 20 million, you're miserable. Yep. You need $20 million to live a happy life in Manhattan. It sounds, it sounds extreme. Yeah. Okay. But here's what $20 million can do for you in Manhattan. It can let you live in Manhattan for the reason you want to live there. Yeah. For clubs, for, for bars, to take cabs everywhere, to go to restaurants constantly, you know, not only that, well, if you want to raise a family, some people want to raise a family in Manhattan. I'm not even talking about a family. I guess like, you know, if you, if you want to live on a budget, yeah. With a family, then 20 million, you can probably get away with it, but it's not going to be that enjoyable. Yeah. I'm talking about a single guy. You want to yeah. live in a nice pad. You want, you maybe want to have a car. Yeah. Okay. If you want to be, if you want to be the guy from American Psycho, you need not 20, you need like $10 million. I say 20, but whatever, you know, no reason to, uh, no reason to divide the audience at, yeah. at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I stole that from Norman Donald. <laughs> right. So, uh, so basically in Manhattan, if you don't have, all right, let's go, let's go something in the middle, uh, 15 million. Okay. If you don't have $15 million, you might as well be put out of your misery. <laughs> like if Manhattan was the world, yeah. right. And you don't have 15 million there's you're essentially pointless. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's people out there who look at almost all of us that way. Yeah. Okay, so there's varying viewpoints. They, um, they, you know, some of us, some of them just outright hate us and don't care about us. They could easily use us as lab rats. Yeah. Because 
or maybe they don't hate us, but they're like, listen, you guys are barely serving. What are you doing anyway? You're not even enlightened. You're not even trying to be enlightened. You might as well serve some purpose to, you know, for the future of the world and for the ones who are enlightened, who do deserve to be here. You should be lab rats. Yeah. At least, at least you'll, you know, you'll pull your weight that, you know, you'll, you'll pay for the air that you have stolen from us. Yeah. Okay. For the way that you've harmed the earth, you know, give back to those who really belong, who really deserve to be here. That's yeah. exactly how the Nazis felt about the Jews. And that's exactly why they just, how they justified, you know, experimentation. Yep. Okay. So this whole thing about like NPCs is scaring me because yeah. um, it seems to be like that video that you sent me about that YouTube channel. What's it called? Uh, inspired. He's inspired. actually kind of your brother, big fan of your brother. Yeah, you know, and so so it kind of freaks me out, okay, because uh, I don't want my brother associated with what this guy said. And I'm hearing I'm hearing it not just from I guess, I guess the problem is is then what I'm what I'm understanding is the definition of what an NPC is, or or rather we have to define in our context what we, you and I mean, because you just said you know Klaus Schwab's thinks of us as NPCs, whatever it is, but we have to define, first of all, what you and I mean when we say, or when we would think about as NPC, or maybe even not use the term NPC, maybe use a different term um, well, to, well, to again, to describe people who are just, I, again, my mother likes to say, uh, in, in Russian, I'll use the term, what does that mean? Uh, a direct translation is a country of unfrightened, people who were not frightened or people who were not, who were not, uh, yeah, people who basically were not, because you talked about this experience that you were having as a kid, right? Maybe you want to get into that. So th this is, a, we live in a country, America, not only America, Europe as well, of, of full of people who did not go through that particular shocking experience or any shocking experience. And they're just kind of going through life, you know? They're not, it doesn't mean that they're idiots. It doesn't mean that they're bad people. They just haven't been damaged or traumatized to think that there's anything necessarily wrong. And therefore, they're going to take a shot. It's interesting, but you see a lot of these people who are, let's say, part of that is in evangelical Christian people, people who are right wing, who didn't go and take the shot, right? So now we have God in the, in the equation. So these people believe in God. You know, they do believe in God. They believe in, you know, going to a place of worship, worshiping God over government, whatever it is. But you come across them, you know, in every day-to-day -day situation. Again, it just seems like there's not a lot going on. Okay, again, we're going back, you know, like you know? we're we're regressing back to yeah. an earlier stage of the conversation. Yeah, yeah. So, so basically, uh, you you know, when you st when you started speaking just now, you mentioned that you know maybe we shouldn't call them NPCs, right? Yeah. So I agree with you that the term, the terms are important. They are, they are. But I think there's something even more important that regardless of what the term is, right, and regardless of whether or not whether or not it's accurate, yeah. I think I think it actually is important. Um, the, the, the question is, it's the understanding, right? Of that there's, that if you think, if you look at somebody else as an NPC, 
somebody's looking at you and somebody's looking at them and yeah. it goes on forever and ever it's an endless Dude, you know you want to it is a, it is a black hole yeah. just as a concept is a, is a, it goes nowhere do you understand because there's always yeah. something higher than you and and but but here's what's funny here's where it ends yeah. there is an ending actually it ends with god sure right god is the only one and this is the reality of Which it I'm, I'm, right i'm not i'm by the way this is not a compliment to god i'm just saying it's a fact He's God is the only one who really has the right to look at anybody as an NPC. Mm -hmm. But here's the difference. Everybody here was put by God. Yeah. Everybody here, whether we understand their place or not, whether we understand, you know, you see, you know, like I often wonder, I'm sure a lot of people have like, what is the point of that? Like bug? Yeah. It's disgusting. What is the point? Like, there's plenty of things that I not find that, what is the, that I wish wouldn't did, exist. Why does not just point of the bug? Or why is why should it be that I'm laying in bed, and uh, dude, my windows in my room are not even open, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, comes a mosquito? Where the hell did the mosquito come? Yeah. Yeah. How, why did he fly in, and why does he have to bite me? Right, suck why, my why blood. Why does why does he why does he exist? I don't like it. I don't personally appreciate a use for it. I don't think that it's even good. I think it's actually negative. Right. So why is it here? Yeah. Because the person in charge, the one who actually created this, the film producer, yeah. right? The boss here, he has a reason for it and didn't bother to share it with you. It's kind of like problem is, the problem is when you start thinking that you're the boss, you get into that delusion. Yeah. Then you start making then you start entertaining thoughts like, well, I can get rid of that. I can get rid of that. I can get rid yeah. of that. You understand? Well, That's kind of, the, well, if you think the foundation about it, of everything. Well, dude, look, think, I, I always think about, you know, like a, any video game, right? So the, the most kind of uh, visible example of what, what we're talking about right now is like Grand Theft Auto, right? So obviously there's a creator of, of the video game, right? And he created all the characters in that video game. And now look at the video game itself, right? You have the main character who's like the guy going on the missions, or whatever he's doing and then you have obviously the people he interacts with who are just like you know the mafia guys or whoever it is these are also characters but then you have the npc quote unquote in the context of a video game let's use the, the term you have the npcs right you have the people on the street saying random stuff you have uh you know just like random random people you know you come yeah. up to them they have like a template of five things they can tell you five different answers maybe maybe even one or two like you push them and they say hey what are you doing you know and that's it. That's all I can tell you. Okay. So that, no. So then. So, so that's not. But that's not a good comparison. No. No. Okay. But listen. I know. I'm. I'm saying. But listen. Get, get, here's the kicker, though. Now, you know how you notice a lot of people when they, uh, and this is a common thing, right, in the game, where a lot of people finish the whole game. So now you just have all the all the all the levels and all the environs are open to you. You can do whatever you want, right? You can walk around. You can like I don't know. What do most people do? They take a weapon. And they start killing people. They use the character to run people over with a car, with a tank, chainsaw, this, that, blah, blah, blah. Just indiscriminately, like healthy, normal, psychologically stable people are playing a video game where they take the guy, the, the main character, and they run around town slashing people to bits. Yeah, but that's... For, what the heck is the, that? Hold on. But in terms of the video game, I hear what you're saying. And that's I interesting, right? It is interesting. But <laughs> another little caveat is that this is a video game where that function was created specifically so that this would happen. Like that's the point. 
It is the like, point, but what I'm saying is, that, why are people doing do, do, that? Do you think that the guy who, who designed Grand Theft Auto, who put all those hookers there, and uh, and he programmed them to respond to being no, killed, right? Of course. Did he think, oh, why are people doing this? I didn't know. I didn't want them. To but that's what I'm saying. Meaning, like, there are some people who just finish the game and and Zehu, they finish the game, and other there's other people again. You're, you're going down a different. You're going down a different path now. No, but I'm no. What I'm what I'm saying is, it almost seems like. There's a main character in that game, but it almost seems like there's the creator who created the game or the person controlling the main character with, you know, with a pult, as we say in Russian, with a, with a, with a joystick, who then actually goes and imp- makes the character physically go and do horrible, horrible things. Right. I, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So, and, and that's twisted and it shows a, a, a very big... Yeah. It shows why we're in Galut, exile, yeah. why the world is in exile. The yeah. whole universe is in exile. I mean, it's some people like to joke. Infected with the Zuhoma. Everything is infected with the snake poison. Well, can I everything. tell you something apart from that, which is true? Some people like to say, well, you know, I'm doing that. And as I'm doing that, I'm imagining like it's like some person that I know. I can't kill them in real life. But, you know, I'm taking my frustration out on this character in the game and cha- chainsawing them, whatever that's, it is. So that's, that's even worse. Yeah. It's like, a, you're, it's like now a, you're actually th- now you're actually thinking now you've revealed a problem. Yes. Okay, which is yeah. bigger than just you know killing little cartoon characters because you think it's fun. Yeah. Now now you're using it because you have urge to actually murder real people and you yeah. think that this is going to help you not do it. Yeah. So you because society frowns upon it, not yeah. because you don't want to do it. Exactly. The problem is that you want to do it or because you'll go to prison. Whatever. Yeah. Right. That shouldn't be. That, that shouldn't be your motivating factor. Yeah. Your motivation should be, wait a minute, I shouldn't be wanting to kill people. Yeah. Okay. So, but that's, you know, yeah. this, listen, Greg, no metaphor is perfect. Like I hear what you're saying by, yeah. by this comparison. Okay. Yeah. But so, so again, a video game, right. Can serve as a good metaphor, but it also becomes an illusion. Yeah. Right. Where you think you're the God of the, of, of, yeah, the, of course of the world, or you're in charge or, or the God who created it left. Yeah. Okay. And it's, it's very different. Okay. You want to think about the video game creator as God. We can do that too. Okay. But you still can't do that. Yeah, of course. Because the video game creator, he created the game and let it go off on its own. Yeah. He's now separated. Well, from it. well you know, what my father that. says, and I think wait, I mean, wait, hold on, wait. there's an, if then give me, let me, let me get yeah. to the other side. Yeah. Okay. So the video game, the guy who created the video game. Okay. He created the thing and just let it go. And that's what most people think God did. Right. Yeah. What they don't understand is like, to, to use a metaphor, like, um, like imagine you see a person you don't like. You're, you're Klaus Schwab and you see, um, you know, some, some slob on the street going to get a, a, a Philly cheesesteak. Yeah. Okay. You know, yeah. I'm just trying to imagine like, you know, what they, what that guy must look like to Klaus Schwab yeah. or, or uh, you never know. Klaus Schwab would be like, what do you mean? I like this Philly cheesecake. We yes, can leave exactly. that. Those guys are okay. He's like, I'm German. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Don't do the Philly. Don't talk about the Philly cheesesteak. Do you want it with cheese? With that's how they order Philly. Yeah, just because with, you know, just Klaus Schwab, he likes it. That means it means it's a superior. Because of that, it's a superior must, character trait. Well, well, dude, it's funny. I was, I was. It's wait, funny that we're I'm sorry. Wait, wait, hold. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm almost. I'm. I'm literally gonna finish now. I'm gonna finish now. So, again, the video game creator, he creates a game, let it go, let it go. Um, but God, right? He he. That Philly cheesesteak guy, right? Or the guy who went to, to for, for cheesecake or whatever. Okay. Mm-hmm. That guy is not somebody that God created and just kind of let him go. Yeah. That guy is like a balloon 
with yeah. a little tiny, very, very tiny hole. You ever fill up like you fill up a balloon, right? Mm -hmm. With air. Yeah. But then there's a tiny, tiny hole and there's air escaping slowly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So in order to keep that balloon like, you know, filled up with air, right? Yeah. God has to continually blow air into that balloon. And that's what he's trying to do. He created a balloon with a little bit of air so that he can continually make the balloon and never lose his connection to the process of creating that balloon yeah. to give that balloon the, the, well, I don't know what the reason is, but among the infinite infinity of reasons is to let the balloon know that I didn't abandon you. I'm literally creating you right now. That means I'm thinking about you fully yeah. every little aspect of you. I'm creating you. I'm doing it on purpose right now. Even, even though the fact that you ate an entire cheesecake by yourself and you jerked off to porn seven days ago, right? Yeah. Which is disgusting, right? And you haven't taken a shower, right? And you do, and you do immoral things. Look, I'm still creating you. I'm still blow. I'm still keeping you inflated. I want you to be, yeah. I want you to understand that I'm, I need you and I'm, uh, you know, you're, you're important to me. You understand? So the, the video game engineer is not doing that. Only God is doing that. So when somebody decides one of god's balloons decides that it it's god yeah. as god is literally making it exist blowing air into that like klaus schwab the klaus schwab balloon yeah right god is literally as god is making him causing his existence klaus yeah. schwab uh thinks that he's god yeah okay and that, that he can decide which other balloons are, are taking up space and which ones need to be popped and just yeah. kind of get out of there okay that's a big i hope the folks at home understand because it's a little bit of a convoluted metaphor but it shows that you can never look at anything in this world and and just because you don't get it like you see a cow there like mm, you're like well what else could it serve it has to be my steak i can't find i can't think of another reason for it oh, that's why god put it here yeah. no it isn't you fucking asshole you don't know anything. You don't know the reason for it. You don't understand why that rock is there. You don't understand why a frog has holes on its back. You don't understand shit. Okay. Yeah. Now, again, I'm not, a, I'm not, I'm not God's hype man. I'm just stating facts of reality. Yeah. Okay. So there are creatures and there are things that exist in this world that God has a purpose for that go beyond your use of it or your connection to it. Yeah. That's the, that's the fundamental flaw why our world sucks that is the bottom line that the, the the most evil people in the world understand that concept the least yeah. they're the stupidest people in the world yeah. yeah okay so this whole npc thing is scaring me because yeah. you hear that guy that spiritual what is it spiritual channel what was it Oh, inspired, inspired, inspired channel. So, you know, you, you hear a guy like that saying like, look, like, I think like I heard a rumor, like, like two thirds of the world are NPCs. They don't like yeah. really exist. You shouldn't even really bother trying to help them. Right. Because you, they, you yeah. can't help them. Just focus on the people that you can help. See, even that yeah. has like a little kernel of truth to it. Right. Because yeah. yeah, because because we're limited, because we're limited and we don't have infinite energy. We have to help the people who can be helped, who we, yeah. we really can help, right? Yeah. That's true, but not because those people who we can't help aren't worth it. That yeah. he's saying it is because they're not worth it. Because yeah. they're not real, he's saying they're not even real people. So their side yes. is saying that. And when I hear somebody from quote unquote yeah. our side, it makes me think that they're I think, a plant. I think if anything, no, I think it's not plant. I think if anything, it's more of a thing of like, um, you know, you, 
there's a concern that like you know again we're 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 fighting this battle and uh we need allies but in order for us to have allies these these people who are going to be our allies have to be people who are are conscious of what's of what's going on and and so if most of the people that you come across again dude and you could see it for the past two and a half years there's some people you try to talk to about this even people and it's the scariest part to me is again the people who know that they're being lied to on every other other issue that's even scarier than people who are completely turned off from everything but then can't even listen to you when it comes to this issue um you know at some point you kind of just give up dude i have like like my my dear friends who are one of them actually i kind of understands what i've been saying the other one also kind of make have jokes that i'm you know, he says, maybe Greg's conspiracy theories are coming true every two seconds, you know, and then the other guy just can't talk about it with me at all. Or he says, I've considered it, but I'm not convinced, whatever it is. It's like he can't even have the discussion anymore because it's exhausting to him, whatever it is. I'm like, OK, well, I'd rather be exhausted than dead. OK, so that's that's scary. So people want to know that at the very least, if we're going to fight this war, continue to fight this war, that there are there are people with whom there is a point to talk to. You know, it's like in Russian, we say, yes, kim говорит. Yes, kim говорит. You know, it's just a simple matter of like a, a practicality that, in the sense that, of... A, that has to be described differently. I know. Not, no, and, and because it's because it's an, it's a... In this case, there's pit, talking there's about something like this, the devil is in the details. Of course, of course. There was even a guy in the comments who said that's very dangerous. And this other guy responded to him. Uh, here, I'll, read, I'll, I'll literally read to you... Um, there, there was literally, I, re I, I read this very point that we're making. See, one guy says, uh, one second, let me just find it real quick. I mean, uh, here. Where are these here. comments? No, no, in the comment section of the of the video. Here, see, this oh, is the, oh, the, of this right now? Of what? Of like this right now? This, this, oh, of the no, video. Oh, and in the inspired it. thing. Yeah. Okay, okay. He okay, says, okay. the idea of fake people among us is philosophically very dangerous, but I admit it could explain a lot of things. And this one guy goes, another guy goes, very dangerous, I agree. And this other guy responds, if you are set on what is ethical appropriate conduct, it's not dangerous at all to consider some people and quote unquote NPCs. If you do no harm to that, if you do no harm, then there is no danger. Meaning he's wrong. saying- Wrong, all of them are wrong. Yeah. <laughs> all of no. them are wrong. Well, they're arguing against each other. So so what are- Yeah, but even okay. within their 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 discussion, none of them, none of, nobody said anything that's correct or true. Okay, <laughs> okay. So, so, so basically- um, Again, the point is like this. We don't know the purpose of a person. These people are making judgments based on what things appear to them. Yeah. This person seems to be this way, right? They're, yeah. They don't seem to have any inner monologue. They don't seem to have anything that they care about. They just kind of say a couple of like pre, uh, it sounds like, you know, rehearsed lines, like, hello, you know, like you pull, you pull their cord. Yeah. There's a cord on their back, like those dolls, right? And they say a couple of different yeah. things, okay? Yeah. And and th that's it. And so those kind of people, you know, the, the best of those guys who, that you just spoke to said, listen, it's okay to call them NPCs or to think of them that way as long as you don't do anything to harm them. Mm -hmm. So first of all, it's never okay to look at a, at a person as an NPC because nobody is an NPC, literally nobody, not just people. There's nothing... There's no even inanimate object that exists as an NPC yeah. because the, because the one who's in charge presently, presently right now, who's blowing that balloon, keeping that balloon like inflated, right? Yeah. 
is why is he doing that? Why is he doing it that way? Because he wants to show you that he's doing it right now. And if he's doing it, God, it's important to him. And he's in charge. So don't mess with, don't pop his balloons as he's blowing them up. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Like, imagine God is blowing up a balloon, and then you come up and just pop the balloon as he's doing it. He's like, well, "What I the think, hell are you doing?" I think, I think the issue is, and I guess you could say, I don't want to even say nomenclature, but I think the issue is define definition of meaning. There is something we see something going on. We see people behaving in a certain way, but we shouldn't call them necessarily NPCs, or we should we should we should call it a phenomenon that's happening. We should call it something else. We should come up with a name for it. I don't know. See, this one guy writes, there's another interesting comment. I was listening to a large group of cyclists, you know, people on bicycles, while at a pub a while back, and all they spoke about was cycling, their bikes, their gear. I remember remember thinking to myself, surely this group of guys would be talking about something else if they were part of a club that met up every week, their families, their jobs, current events, current affairs. I'm pretty sure they were NPCs. Okay. Uh, And this guy wrote, um, it's terrifying. Not, no, so listen, listen. So he goes, I'm not sure this means much. This other guy writes, it's natural for a group of group to talk about common interests. You might be right, though. There's another guy responds, I think the same as you sometimes, but then I often think that I too talk about trivial things with friends and wonder if other people overhearing me think about that about me. See, there you go. So I try to never judge. You never know. Some people look like NBC, but are not. I'm 28, but I look like a 19 year old that only lives for clubbing on the weekend. That was me. <laughs> and then this other guy responds, this another guy, third guy. I was probably one of those NPCs. I love my cycling. No, he's talking about like the people who were in the yeah. bicycle. He's like, I was probably one of those guys in the cycling group. So it's you all know, relative, like, I guess, like, you know? Right. Like, like, you know, can you imagine like what some of our relatives, let's say some of our relatives would see us sitting with Gamaras. Yeah. And they're like, you know, with beards, they're like, look at these guys wasting their lives. Why aren't they banging broads? Brainwashed. No, brainwashed. Brainwashed. They don't understand that the, the world, they're missing, the time is running out. They yeah. have some, they have only a few years to bang broads. Or, Once or, and it's not even the whole life. It's only when you're or, young can you enjoy or, it. Then the rest of the time, you just remember how or like my parents said, when you're young. Or like my parents said when I said I'm going to yeshiva, make the money first and then do spiritual things. You know, you ruin That's, your so, career. So we look like NPCs to people like that. Yeah. Okay, so again, the, the the problem isn't the language. Language is not a problem. Not the NPC, language. The problem is the concept. Wait, That's what I mean. Hold on, dude. Let me let me just get this out. Okay, so the concept is the, the, you can. I'm not look. Those people who are saying things that horrify me, I don't want them to be able not to say that. I want them to be able to say that. I don't want them silenced. I don't want them harmed in any way. I don't want them fired from their jobs. I don't want them imprisoned. Yeah. Okay, but it doesn't make what they're saying any less horrifying yeah okay so i'm just stating facts i'm not and the, and i'm not implying is, that anything is what they're done to them for saying it the irony is what they're saying they don't even realize that it's it's not like they have malicious uh right intent they're just they're just seeing what they see they don't know what the word is for it so here's and that's here's it. the here's the way that i would like to hear it described yeah. right because there's a big difference. It's not just a change of words. There's an entire change of perspective of course. in the following. The following is like this. Those people that I see over there who looks like to me like they're like not even alive. It appears that way to me. Yeah. Uh, I know that those people are very, very important. And each one is absolutely 
irreplaceable and necessary here in this world because God is creating them right now. So there's no possible way that they're just taking up space. God doesn't do that. Of course. Okay. So, so what's troubling about seeing those people seemingly just sitting there wasting their time, not contributing to the effort, right? There's a problem. We have to reach them because we know that that's not the case. We know that they're not just, even though they're acting like that, we know that that's not what they are. Yeah. So I'm not saying what those guys saying at all. I'm commenting on the same phenomenon. Yeah. With with with, in my opinion, a much more correct um, uh, a way of expressing which is more in line with reality. Yeah. Okay. So again, uh, it's an excuse. By the way, for it's funny like how people use the same kind of like rhetoric or the same concepts. In their relation to other people yeah. but to but to react in a spectrum of ways like yeah. the you know klaus schwab sees that sees that phenomenon and mm -hmm. says uh we must destroy them they are just taking up the space and they're you know it's uh, making yeah. things uh, we will have an ideal world okay <laughs> and then and then and then people from our side yeah. right they're they're using it because they're lazy as fuck, right because they don't they don't want the headache of yeah. reaching to those people or or just no not only reaching but like like say in my case right because again when you're an introvert it's not even a headache it's like one of those things where you don't like i walk into a room dude like for example that even that tubava event i went to i walk into a room i feel a certain vibe whether it's uh i don't know a bunch of off the dare kids where i could feel their anger or i could feel that everybody's just you know it's like a meat market everybody's just talking standing around talking about nonsense like really nonsense to each other, mostly, uh, whatever it is. So for a lot of people, they just want to escape from that and be with uh, people with whom they, they, there's a vibration, you know, again, it's, it's all, it's, a lot of it is uh, yeah, energetic because it's, because it's easier. To it's easier. That. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm saying, but not, not only is it, not only is it necessarily, it's not only the easy part. It's also because, you know, it's like, uh, you know, it's like Megatron with our powers combined, we're stronger kind of thing. You know, why am I going to be joining up with people who have a low vibration or people don't see what I see? You know, we, we look at the same thing and I see, you know, like we like me and these people in my management office, we can look at Fauci and they can see, oh, my God, what a wonderful scientist and doctor and la, 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 la. And I could say this and they're going to be like, what's wrong with you? You're freaking, uh, you know, insurrectionist, you know. So it's like, why would I want to be near these people? I don't. Okay, you know so here's the reason. laziness. It's just a desire to be with people with allies. That's it. Okay, so but but here's where that comes from. Yeah. Okay, here's the source of that. Yeah. Yes, I'm speaking authoritatively because I am the all-knowing wise man of the universe. Okay. Yes. Yes. So here's the reason. <laughs> the reason is that in the world that we come from, not this world, not the physical existence, but where our consciousness originates and where it spends most of eternity, okay? We are, the setup there is that we are always connected to and essentially hanging out with those that are similar to us. Yeah. Okay? We live in families there. Yeah. Giant families where everybody is in agreement with each other, where character, there, there's people, you know, people still have their characters and their personalities. Yeah. Yeah. So similar personalities, you know, they live together in harmony and peace without conflict yeah. in the upper worlds. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, again, we were sent here 
to do something. And it's not to try to live our life here like we did over there. Yeah. In some parts, in some aspects, yes, but not in that aspect. The difference, one of the main difference between living there and living here in this physical world is that we are specifically sent here to be with those who are not like us. Yeah. This is the only place where, by the way, folks, this is not, none of this is my opinion. I read, this is all like from the Torah tradition, Ari Kaplan. By the way, can I mention one thing? So, so, wait, hold on. So, so, so basically the, in the spiritual world, things are, are, there's word, there's wordings, there's a language that's used that things are near each other. They're near to each other. So there's no, there's no physical dimension. So near means similar to, but here in this world is the only, is the only world that God has created where you can have dissimilar things yeah. right next to each other. Yeah. You can combine them yeah. and, and then something else emerges. Okay. Yeah. So, so, uh, so this, we're specifically brought here not to hang out with yeah. our, you know, mountain biking club. Sure. Like we did up there. We have to come here and try to talk to, you know, those rollerbladers, you know, to get them to more interested in mountain biking. Yeah. Well, you know, man, it's interesting, like you notice before COVID, right? People like you and I would not be able to sit down with, uh, maybe I would, maybe hmm, with a guy like Avi Barak, right? And then, and then you find that this whole thing, this I could whole, ease, I, dude, I've always been able to sit down with anybody. I know, always. no, not you. I mean, like, I'm saying a lot of people that I know, like, in, let's say the Dati Lumi space they never interact with guys like that right so like i do because i'm in the the, you know the kind of israel space i guess you could say um or the israeli palestinian discussion space whatever blah 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 so you notice after covid this whole thing started to transcend political hues at least in all over the world let's say even in america right but you notice that's and they and the 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 the, the MFers that that did this know they know that they know that has a potential to transcend. That's why they turned this into at least in America about left and right, right? I even have a friend. I went to on Shabbos and I said, you know, I just spoke to the two biggest activists in Israel about this whole thing, and they're leftists. And my friend was like, "How is that possible?" My friend, she's like, "So used to seeing this divide here in America," and I'm like, "Because that's." It's possible. That's it's possible because it's possible. Okay, because it's not about politics. It's about spirituality. It's about empathy. It's about human beings. It's about that, right? I mean, on a deeper level, it's not even about left and right. It's about statism because in Israel, statists are people who are you know most right wing people are the ones who support the state. Left wing people, well, some of them do, some of them don't. You know, it's it's very it's very varied. Here in America, it's very clear, clear cut who supports the state and who doesn't. Who support the idea of a state, relying on the state, and who doesn't, right? So it's a statism issue, but it just so happens in America, it's a left-right thing. In Israel, it's not so much. Yeah, because there's no right in Israel. Because there's no, yeah, there's no right, there's no, yeah. So it's a, it's a different system. So she couldn't understand that. But it's interesting how now that it transcended that, so now we are gravitating again. It all goes back to we're gravitating, people are gravitating towards each other, people who normally we're not in the same cyclist quote unquote club, you know, or Avi was in the cyclist club and you and I are in the, in the rollerblading and now cyclists and rollerblading are getting together, but these pricks are trying to make it about, but no, but you're cyclists and rollerbladers stay apart. No, we're not going to stay apart. Yeah. 
each yeah. side is telling each other those are NPCs. Yeah. Yeah. Can we talk about, I agree with everything that you just said, 100%. Um, and I'm glad that we're talking about it. But I wanted to... to uh, oh, by the way, before you, before you go on, I wanted to say a quick anecdote. When you talked about Klaus Schwab and, and the uh, cheesesteak, dude, just literally this morning, I found myself watching, remember the old commercial, Grey Poupon? Sure. Guy, where, so, can you please pass the jelly? No, 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 not the pollen all fruit. Oh, right. great Poupon right, right. mustard. Oh, where, the, where there's right, right, two, right. there are two. So there's the original commercials from 1983, where it's more like the music and this. And then yeah. At the end, so the so at the end the they say, but of course, you know, do you have any, yeah not the punchline? It's not the icker of the commercial. The icker of the commercial is they're showing you how wonderful and this and that, and the guy's eating his car. But the but then the, in the commercial in 1990, they must have hired some awesome advertising exec like you said the madman guy he was like guys we have to make the but of course part the icker of the commercials so it's two it's 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 the one that i remember because we came to america at that time and then the commercial yeah. came out shortly after where it's two bentleys pulling up next to each other and one the guy in one of the bentleys is eating a sand whatever he's eating chicken whatever with 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 the mustard and then the other guy pulls up in his bentley and he goes do you have any great poupon and then the other guy goes but of course, and then he and then he just drives away. Right. <laughs> I expected him to give him the great Poupon. And right. that's like I imagine like Carl Schwab, you know, some guy, poor person. Excuse me, Mr. Schwab, do you have any uh cheesesteak? And then he's like, but of course, and then he just waves the guy along and drives oh. away. I didn't think that's where you're gonna go with this. Because to me, when I think of those commercials <laughs> and I've seen them growing yeah. up my whole life, right? Yeah. So to me, the part that is the but of course part, and then he he offers it to it, but it's not it's not what happens after he says but of course but of course is like what is he yeah. saying he's like of course i do what do you think like yeah. it's almost like it's insulting it's like yeah, it's like yeah, telling yeah. a billionaire that you know like yeah, yeah, yeah. of course do you have a lear jet yeah. you hate me but of course <laughs> okay. you know what i mean like yeah are you no, part so of the eyes wide shut club yes yes do you, you have the password to get in what do you think of me of course what kind of, what kind of question how dare you and yeah. it's not fidelio <laughs> the Did. eyes wide shut club I remember when I first saw that, I was like, that movie. That movie messed me up so bad. Dude, that movie, I it's funny because when we're, I mean, they were depicting, they were depicting McDougal Street. And I remember walking, you know, you go to Comedy Cellar, walking on that street that Dr. Horfor was walking on after he went to the costume shop. Dude, can I tell you a story, man? Real quick story. This is like before you going. continue, before you yeah. continue, yeah. when I saw the women in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't even the usual reaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was anger at God. I know, I know. Same. It's like it's like it's like on many levels. It's sort of I like, know, I know. why the hell did you create something that looks like that? And I don't and have why access didn't to you? It. Why couldn't I even be? A, why couldn't you make me at least a match for it? Yeah. And say like, why do you create things that are way more beautiful than me? I don't get it. Why? Yeah. So that they can feel special about how beautiful they are when they look that at you me. You could aspire to making millions of dollars, and that's it. No, I don't yeah. want to be the creepy old guy who can buy them because, you know, with money. I want to be the guy who they want to be with. because I know, match. I know, I know. But listen, can I tell you a story that perfectly illustrates how absolutely inept I am? Here's a story. Okay, you know, Lily Sobieski was in the movie. She played the 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 15-year-old, the whatever she is, 14-year-old daughter. Oh, no. The depraved oh, no. creature, whatever it is. I heard the story before. I'm going right. to tell you a story again. So this, the folks at home who didn't weren't up on our show earlier in the history of our show can hear the story. 
This is not going to make you look good, Greg. I know, but that's the point. And no, okay. meaning so people can understand why, why I am the way that I am. Okay. <laughs> why are you the way that you are? And just for shtick purposes, mostly for shtick. But so, okay, it's, it's Sukkot, it's Sukkot. I'm uh, back in America. This is 2015. Kind of newly, still in my newly minted Baltruva state of being. And our friends from Israel come to visit us. My parents' friends, they're Lubavitchers. So we're like, okay, we're hanging out in the city. Okay, where are we gonna? We're gonna go to Wolf and Lamb restaurant. Wolf and Lamb, wonderful. By the way, it's it's a, it's amazing that your parents have friends that are religious Jews. Like dude, my parents, dude, didn't this know guy, dude, this guy was when we went to visit them in 1994 in Israel. They were totally secular, eating pork, and telling my father, "Come on, Igarosha, eat pork." And we didn't, <laughs> we did not, we did not eat pork. We were not religious, but right, we did not right. eat pork. And then two years later, he calls my dad on the phone. Guess what? We're Lubavitch Meshachist. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so there we go to Wolf and Lamb. We're sitting. Um, this guy is sitting there by himself, visibly Jewish guy, and uh, next to us, in the, there's a sukkah outside. We're sitting, all sitting on the under like a sukkah, or individual su- sukkahs, little sukkahs. And he sees me here. Over here is my conversation with my parents, or with the pe- you know with the people that are visiting our friends. And he just starts talking to me about Chabad and this. I don't remember even like the breadth of the conversation, but Bikitzer, he, he felt so kind of like a kinship a little bit. He bought the, our whole table dessert. I was like, interesting. Okay. Um, and then I'm like, hey, man, you know, let me get, because it seemed like we were supposed to like hang out afterwards. You know, we got to a point where I was like, yo, like, we got to chill, man. We got to meet up, whatever. The guy gives me his number. I'm like, what's your name, man? uh adam kimmel okay i and i'm one of these people i look up i google people when i meet them right because he seemed to me like a well-to-do guy i'm like i wonder what this guy because i asked him like i'm like oh we we're talking about his he's telling me his wife yeah she's maybe covering my, her hair maybe not whatever it is we go to shul we go to this shul sometimes she covers her hair sometimes she doesn't whatever it is blah 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 blah, blah. okay i decided to google the guy because he didn't tell me what he does for a living who's this guy He's a designer. He's a fashion designer. Not gay, <laughs> in case you're wondering. He's married, and I see pictures of him with. I mean, he's not gay, but he's definitely a fruitcake. He's a little whatever. He's fruity, nice. you know. Yeah, he's a little fruity. The guy's, the guy's a fag. He's just there, not gay. There's just pictures of him with uh, P Diddy, not P Diddy, uh, with Kanye West, bunch of people. You know, the... dude. There's at least. I just want you to know that dude, you're breaking my story. I have a friend. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm I getting to the crescendo of the story. I know I love doing that to you because you do it to me every time. But listen, this is revenge. It's not revenge. I didn't do that consciously. I just wanted to say that um, I'll let you back up so you can crescendo again. Okay. Okay. So basically, um, I was in a martial arts group in a couple of different like cities, right? When when I was in Miami the the first time, Uh um, there's like two guys in my martial arts group that I'd much rather be in a fight with than any straight guy that I know. These yeah. two guys happen to be gay. They just weren't fags. Yeah. Right. I don't think I ever said that. You know, that, I wanted to make sure that that's understood. But continue, yeah. please. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, but kids, sir, I, I Google the guy. So what do I do? Oh, oh I see. It's, who is his wife? Lily, Lily Sobieski. Now, obviously, she's in her 30s, whatever it is. Um, me in my, I guess... You know, I'm one of these people, I, I have a different perception of what my words are 
or how my words come out, whether it's in text or in verbal form, than how people interpret them. I call it your Howard Stern moment. Yeah, and, and it's not just perception. I have I I know I I know what I mean, and I know that I know I don't have a, I don't mean to like be either malicious. I don't mean to be creepy. I'm I just say things how they are, and I meant I mean the words to be taken. I want the words to be taken how they are, and usually it's like a compliment, whatever it is. So you know what I say to him? I I text him, hey man, I loved your wife in in the movie I Sweatshot. It's one of my favorite yeah. movies. And, you know, maybe some people in his world of creepos that he deals with, a guy like, a guy would say that as in like, wow, he, he probably would mean, like the guys that he comes across, man, your wife is a nice piece of whatever in that movie. Yeah. I, I just meant... That's how they take it. I just, yeah, that's how they take it. I just, I literally just meant your wife's an awesome actress. I thought her character that she played was awesome in that movie. I love that movie. You know, let's talk about the movie and whatever. I don't know. If you don't want to talk about it, we don't have to talk about it. Let's go to Chabad. Let's hang out. Let's go, I don't know, whatever. Learn Torah, learn Kabbalah, blah, blah, blah. You know? That's how I meant it. That was my code in my own head. But I guess he probably took it as the other the other thing that his yeah all he heard was i love your wife <laughs> i, I want to yeah i love your wife as a 15 year old and, you're, and I'm, I'm creepy as hell yeah that's what he heard and therefore he did, not, he did not respond to me ever again so that yeah, was man. my and this is why ladies and gentlemen i'm still single anyway that's not why you're still single. i'm kidding that, i'm just is, kidding by the way you see that how you you had you would just try to give him a compliment. You didn't have any consciousness whatsoever or experience as to what that might have sounded like to a guy like him, because there's no reason why you would have, yeah. you know, it was an innocent thing that you yeah, did. Yeah, I thought to myself, maybe this guy thinks I'm like a religious guy. Like, why would I be creepier or, or, you know, weird or malicious or whatever? Blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah. all the rest of it. Okay, so that so this story, in a way, kind of, it touches upon something that I wanted to talk about before you told the story. Yeah. As to how, like, the type of behavior that we see from people that, you know, we call NPCs, but I, I don't think that's, you know, I don't think that's cool, but, yeah. you know, let's just use that as a term NPC, people who exhibit NPC phenomenon, yeah. Yeah. traits, right? They, it appears that way. Yeah. So, why? Why would it appear that way? And that's really what we were talking about before. That's really where the most, that was the meat of this. Because we have to understand because if you get, okay, so let me just, let me just like say some of them. Okay. Like I can only speak from my own uh, experience. Right. And I had like, like everyone else, you know, like everyone else, everybody, by the time they're 40, they had a lot of experience with different things, you know, all sorts of experiences, thousands, tens of thousands. So, but we can't talk about it, all of them. So, you know, I try to like remember a couple of key ones that I can use in the discussion of this principle. So I go back, I go back to them often. And I think on one of these conversations that was recorded, <clears throat> I spoke about this one uh, incident that when I was a little kid, six or seven, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a kid in my building who, what he was like, Somehow he found out about, I think it was a Chabad program. Maybe not Chabad, but it was like Haredi, where they take Russian kids 
right? They take them to like Borough Park. Yeah. And and then they have like young yeshiva guys like, you know, work with them and teach them Torah, teach them Hebrew, you know, tell them the story, uh, you know, in the Torah, you know, like Avraham and all that kind of stuff. And then they give them like a little baggie, you know, like the type of baggie that you would get at a at a birthday party, you know, like a little plastic bag with a bunch of like party favors and stuff like that, like gum and whatever. Yeah. Okay. So as incentive, sometimes they'd have pizza. Yeah. So I asked my parents, they, they let me go. Okay. The kid in the kid in my building's name was Lenny. And this program hired uh, like a Russian driver, right? Yeah. To pick up the kids and then take them there and to drive them home. Was he a Jewish guy or just like a Russian nun? Or I would a... It's hard to, you know, I, I guess I assumed that he was Jewish, but there's no reason. Like he didn't look particularly one way or the other. Yeah. Like some people just look like they can, you know, like if you tell them, if, I, if somebody told me he was Mexican, I'd yeah. be like, yeah, I guess so. Somebody told me he was a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. I'm like, I guess I could see that, you know. Yeah. It's, I don't remember, you know, but yeah. he spoke Russian. I could tell you that. Yeah. That's one of the main things I remember from him yeah. <laughs> because I remember the words that he told me. Yeah. So we were playing in the back of the car. It was like a station wagon type thing, okay? Yeah. And when you hear kids, anybody who lives in a neighborhood where there are kids, right? You, sometimes you wonder, why are they screaming at the top of their lungs? It sounds like somebody's being murdered. And yeah. then you hear like this kind of like feral, everything that kids do, little kids, when they're excited and they're playing, they sound like feral animals. Yeah. They're screaming at the top of their lungs. They sound like retards. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they sound goofy. They have no aware, self-awareness whatsoever. They don't know what sounding cool or sounding composed looks like. Yeah. They don't understand anything about tactics or game or any of that stuff. They just are expressing raw emotion and to, and to adults who are, um, who have been constricted already, right? They've been like, you know, uh, institutionalized yeah. to them. It sounds like, it sounds retarded. Like, yeah. why is this kid screaming? At the top of his it's, it's ridiculous, but yeah. they're having, they're having fun and they're not aware of anybody else. That's yeah. all kids. Okay, with, with some special exceptions. And I was no special exception. Okay. Mm. But I don't think I was any worse than any of the other kids. Okay. So like all the other kids, I was screaming at the top of my lungs and I was, you know, goofing around and fighting. I was literally the same as everybody else. But for some reason, this guy snapped. Whatever his whatever his stick up his ass was, I, I don't know. Okay. It's not really my problem as a seven-year-old. Okay. You know, middle-aged guy's problems. Okay, so he, so I'm not going to repeat the words that he said, but he cursed at me in Russian, and Russian is a very special language for cursing. Yeah, I don't know if there's very any other rich. language. It's very powerful. It's 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 not only is it powerful, but it's the the the, the artistry yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's rich. It's there's no when it comes to cursing, Russian is the language where you can really. You can do combinot, a lot of combinations, a lot of manipulations, a lot of usages, applications. Right. You can be a master in the world. Like, you know, people will come to you to seek your wisdom and cursing. Yes. Okay. Like, you know, you could teach, you could become a cursing professor. Yeah. Okay. And um, like that so, lady when she said you're cursing and you're like, I'm a professional cursor. In Russian, you can become a professional cursor. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so basically, um he said things that like first of all i had never encountered it wasn't just what he said right 
but I've never seen the face of an adult, right? Who I've seen, a, I've seen a, annoyed adults. I've seen my parents be annoyed at me because I wasn't doing something I was supposed to, or my teacher and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's the kind of annoying that I was used to, you know, like disappointment, even, even anger. Like, you know, when I, I broke something or, or I wasn't listening and, and my parents hit me, yeah. not excessively to a normal extent, you know, yeah. I've seen that anger. I didn't like that, but I've never seen the type of anger that a person looks at. Like he look, he looks at you like you are human garbage, like you're a piece of shit. And he would literally beat you and leave your body bleeding somewhere, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, to be, you know, he'll just leave you for dead. I've never seen that look before. And I've never seen that look being given to a child. Not in movies. How old were you? Seven. Okay. Mm-hmm. Six or seven, probably seven. Okay. So, so basically, um, he chose me for some reason. Right. Well, I, I can, I actually can understand why. I have a very choosable face, folks. <laughs> My face has been chosen also. Now, God, Russian, we say, in Russian, we say, Yeah, I, I, I stand have, out. You stand out. I, I have an exceptional look. Okay. <laughs> I, have a, I, have a, I have a very choosable face, as I've discovered uh, going through life. Okay. So uh, some people just have those faces, you know. Yeah. I'm kind of like goofy looking kid, you know. I was a little different. I was, I was goofier than the rest of the goofy looking kids. Yeah. Okay. So basically, I, I suppose that's why he chose me. I guess he wanted to rearrange it. I he suppose felt, he did. He felt, he felt the need to do that. Okay. So, so this is just one example of, of, of many, many such experiences. Okay. And, and I, I know I'm not the only one in the world that's gone through this, folks. Okay. Relax, asshole. I know there's one asshole who's like, oh, you're not the only one. <laughs> okay. There's always, I hope. Yeah. Anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay i've just whatever i've heard it all so basically um why am I, I i'd like to now explain the point of this okay so the effect that it had on me as i'm sure other people have also with similar experiences okay is that uh it it shocked me and it it's a kind of trauma and i'm not i'm not, I'm not trying to be a victim here i'm just trying to explain how a cause and effect thing mm-hmm. okay where i that whole thing about like, I noticed that from that point on, the kids around me, like my age, like when I was in school and my classes and when I played with kids, and like my parents' friends were my age, they still had that like feral goofiness yeah. that they're just screaming top of the lungs and no yeah. self-awareness whatsoever. Yeah. I, from that point on, was now uh, terrified that at anything I say or anything I do, that something like that was going to happen because I didn't know that that could happen. Yeah. Because no one in my fa- my family loves me, and the teachers they generally cared. You know, they, you know, people are normal. They're not going to do something like that to a child, right? So, so, not, so, so I was completely different. So that whole like goof. So childhood ended. That's essentially the end of childhood. Yeah. All right. That carefree kind of just like you know goofy fun that your parents want you to have, yeah. right? They want to see you just be a happy kid. That was gone. Okay. Wow. Now, so. Some people I'm saying, well, listen, you know, you had to, you know, God had to teach you a lesson because, because then, you know, one day you're going to, you're going to need to have this conversation because it's going to help somebody. There's some frog out there that's going to benefit from it, which is, I get that. I get that. Okay. So, but aside from that, right. There's a better way, right. To 
talk to a, a child, but really any person, any person, but especially a child, right? To get them to stop their behavior. Now, it might not be as effective in the short term, meaning like he needed, he, he, he had a headache or he had to stick up his ass, whatever his problem was, and he wanted the kids to shut up. So he went nuts and he got his silence. He got it. Okay, but he also took essentially, you know, he took he, he took the joy out of my out of my childhood. Okay, so so that's that's one thing. So he could have said something. He goes, boys, I'm gonna pull over the car, and I listen. I need you guys to be quiet. Sit there and be quiet. Okay, yeah. I have to concentrate. I have a headache. I'm taking you home. So that would have been enough. Yeah. Because because that was done to me prior to that, yeah. and that was enough. You know, your mom does that to you. You know what I mean? Your dad, yeah. he says, I'm going to pull over. You know, like my, like my dad tells a story that his father never did, my grandfather never did that much screaming, but he did a lot of acting. Yeah. Meaning he took action is what I'm saying. Yep. So he, him, and uh, so my father and his, and his slightly older brother, they were making, they were, they were doing the same thing in the car that I was doing with the kids. They were driving the, driver crazy in this case my grandfather my grandfather pulled over and he pulled him out of the car and he drove away <laughs> that's, that's, that's absolutely i mean that, that's old school russia you know you yeah. kind of still do that you know yeah. but what i'm saying is he didn't destroy them they still were they, they were still were like rambunctious kids you know that went to play soccer that's but in the street for the folks at home that's the that's the russian that's the podolsky kiev podolsky version of stickball street yeah. stickball yeah. You know, where they broke windows every day. Yeah. My grandfather had to go buy new windows for people every day because yeah. my they would constantly break windows with a soccer ball. Okay. They made a lot of trouble. My father and his brother, my uncle made a lot of trouble. Okay. So <clears throat> so they still had like they still had like a childhood. Like they weren't trying to be bad. It just as you're having fun and being a kid, you know, there's gonna be stuff that happens. Yeah. They weren't going out of the way to break windows, but it happened, yeah. you know, not such a big deal. Anyway. So, so what's the point of this? Why am I bringing this up? Because you're talking about NPCs and you're wondering why there's like some people out there who are just kind of like sitting there, you know, non-expressive and quiet. Okay. Um, because people experience stuff like what I experienced and they, and, and when you have like 50 of those experiences, it starts to dawn on you that life is a little bit easier when you keep your mouth shut. Okay, regardless of even sometimes when the person is trying to talk to you, an expressive person, right? Like a like yeah. a Ferris Bueller comes up to you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This is a very good example. Okay. I was thinking about this a little bit. You have Ferris Bueller and you have Cameron. Ferris yeah. Bueller is uh, very, very extroverted, very confident. And, you know, he's just has he has a way of navigating the world in a great in, in a gr somewhat graceful way. And comes out looking cool and he's having a great time and people love him. Okay. Yeah. He has a best friend named Cameron who can't do any of that. Yeah. And then Ferris is constantly trying to get Cameron to come out and, do, and, you know, come, you know, be like me, you know, let's do, yeah. come on, you know, try, try to get him to loosen up. And Cameron's like, you don't understand. I don't, I can't, I don't have those same skills. I'm not wired, I'm not go, wired like that. I can't go where you go because I can't do what you do. Don't you understand that? Yeah. And, he, and Ferris is like, no, I don't. He, he really doesn't. He doesn't get yeah. it. He thinks he gets it, but he doesn't. Okay. Well, you saw Cameron in the end when yeah. his work because of the car. <laughs> right. He was shocked, right? You saw Ferris was shocked. Yeah. Right. That, that, that was that much rage, right? Yeah. That much 
I was trying. I was like, he really understood in that moment, you know, what Cameron was really like yeah. inside and why he was like that. Yeah. Okay. So, and Cameron, you could call him an NPC. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so there, it's because of stuff like that. Here's another, here's another example that always sticks out to me. I was telling Greg about this a little bit earlier. Okay. And I think this one might even like, might even be more than, than, than that example. Okay. Mm -hmm. It wasn't as dangerous, but it was more painful. So, so basically dangerous where like, I was scared that this guy was actually going to hurt me. Like the, you know, the guy in the car who was like cursing me out. He's like, he got like, you know, he was, he was, he, he got like whacked out. He was feral. Yeah. But this, this one was like, I think when I was like 11, I might've been 11 or actually I was 10. I was 10. Cause I remember the year that I was there when I was 10, that was the first year that I went to the Catskills mm -hmm. uh, to my, my uncle Felix, who recently passed away to his bungalow colony. He had a, he had like, you know, a house there yeah. okay, in this bungalow colony called Suzanne's. If anybody's listening. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, so I went there, okay, and my grandma was taking care of me, but I was there alone, meaning like, it seemed like all the other kids, not only did they already know each other for years, yeah. but that they stay with each other. Like, you know, like sometimes like they go, like two kids will go to a bunk to the same bungalow, right? So they have like their friend to fall back on. And they and everybody, you know, they, they form these like little cliques, you know, yeah. boys and girls and stuff like that. Yeah. I had never been in that situation um, before. OK. Yeah. And, and and also another thing that I noticed is that it's very common for for those kids to have like brothers and sisters and cousins their age mm -hmm. and who were also there. It was kind of part of that clique. I didn't have anybody my age in my family. My brother is eight years older. Yeah. Right. And so, and I had some of my friends back home, but none of my, none of the, my good friends were, were, were the children of my parents' friends, mm -hmm. right? So my, my situation seemed to be different than everybody else's situation. Like the families knew each other. It was like this click. So I never had any experience with that. So I wanted to, you know, I, I, went, I went out there. I, I, I tried to make friends. And I think I did, you know, it was going okay. It seemed to be going okay yeah. for like, for like a week or two right and um people like seem to like me and here's how i i determined that they would come to pick me up you know like they'd ask my grandma for, for me to come out and then we'd have like fun conversations the girls like talking to me <laughs> a couple a couple of the guys right and you know when you're a kid you know when you're you're friends with somebody for like two three days all of a sudden you're best friends and that's it. You know what I mean? Like if you really like you like and all this kind of stuff yeah. immediately, your best friends. I don't like on my birthright trip. I had like a, you know, you, your best friend on the trip. That kind yeah. of, thing. you know, you feel and like, then, you know, and then you when he went with this girl that I liked, I was like, this guy's a freaking traitor. <laughs> <laughs> right. The, the bros before host thing flew yeah. away immediately. Right. Right into the garbage in the, in the Bedouin tent. Yeah. It, it, it's shifted with the sands. But anyway, right. Go on. Okay. So, did you tell me? Hold on. You need a. Minute? No, I said go on. Oh, go on. I'm sorry. Yeah. So basically, um, so about like two or three weeks into like this, you know, first kind of experience, um, 
I feel like I've known these people my whole life, or at least that's how they're acting towards me, you know, and like, it's like, okay, you know, I didn't have any, there was no reason for me to, to think that I should feel otherwise. Right, there, I didn't have any complex, any, uh, compl- any neurosis about it. Yeah. Okay. So uh, then like one of, one of my friends in this group, right. They were having like, like apparently like the girl was, you know, kind of doing like a little like puppy dating thing with one of the boys. Right. Yeah. And then hmm. the, I don't know, they got into a fight or something like that, or, or, or they, you know, they wanted to break up. And I, and I was talking to the kid who we, we, you know, we had awesome, like, you know, I thought he was like my good friend. Right. Yeah. And then, and he, and then I was talking to him about, it. I was like, Hey man, you know, could I, could I tell you, I wanted to give him advice, you know, mm-hmm. 10 years old, you know, yeah. had a lot of wisdom to offer at that time. Mm-hmm. Right. And he said, and he was a little bit older. I think he was 12 or 11 or something like that. And, and, and then, and he's like, he goes, who the fuck are you, man? Why are you even talking to me? Like, how's this any of your business? Like you, like, I don't understand. Like you come here, right? Like, you know us, right? And you think you're a part of this. Like, and like, I don't even understand why you feel that you can, I'm, by the way, I'm paraphrasing what he said, but I'm mm-hmm. just giving over the, I'm giving over the kind of like this, the sensation, mm-hmm. of, of, not the sensation, but the, the meaning, like, you know, what he was trying to communicate. Okay. He's like, he was, you know what I mean? Like, you, like, I don't understand why all of a sudden, like, you, you just like, it feels weird that you think that you can like come here and like be friends with us like this. Yeah. Okay. Now remember, this isn't even a kid that I thought had any animosity towards me. Yeah. I mean, it seems that he must have, but he just didn't show it. Well, it could be jealousy, maybe based on when you said the girls like talking to you. No, not not in any not not like that or anything like that. Right. I wasn't trying to take his girlfriend or anything. Oh, so I don't well, think that that was the point. Is no, but meaning not even the taking a girlfriend, just jealousy that you're that you're very um. I guess just like social, whatever it is, and. Uh, I thought, I don't know if it really was. I'm just saying it seemed to my 10-year-old yeah. perspective that way. Yeah, what I'm saying is uh, he just, it seems like he turned on a dime. You know? Yeah, that's exactly what it seemed like to me, hmm. right? It may not be the case. I just I, I just didn't know that there was something to look for, that there yeah. was a danger of something like this happening, yeah. right? That took somebody just like, you know, flips, you know, flips on you, right? Yeah. So, you know, a kid, I've never seen a kid do that. I saw an adult do that. No. Right, like the one I told you about, but yeah. but I've never seen like one of my own like friends do that. There's like literally no reason for that. Yeah. Okay, so regardless of what the reason was, I'm sure he had a reason. I'm not saying I was like the sweetest kid in the world. I, you know, I'm annoying like everybody else. Yeah. Okay, so, um, but the the point is that I was not prepared for that. I didn't even know that that existed, and that hit me so hard. Right, that was like truly like the ultimate rejection. Yeah. You know, and nobody else said anything either. You know, like they were just kind of like you saw, know. They saw him say they there was witnesses to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, all all the kids were there. Oh, that's crazy. Like nobody, nobody said anything. And remember, these kids would come and pick me up. They would knock on my door. It's not like I. Yeah. It's not like I came and 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 asked to play with them. Well, even if they wanted to, let's like, say, defend you, or whatever it is, like, what are they going to say? What are they going to say to him? You know? No, they're going to say, you know, look, dude, I I remember like, you know stopping fights in the play yard when I was, you know, younger than that, like kids do that, you know, like you don't want your friends to fight. You get in between like, Hey, hey, hey you know, like, cause you see adults do stuff like that. You mimic it and stuff, but nobody said anything. Right. Mm-hmm. So 
and you know, I was kind of like looking around and I'm like, holy shit, like, does everybody feel this way? I was like, so why don't you guys, you know, I didn't actually say this. I was just thinking, I was like, so why, why do you guys like come and bother me yeah. to, 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 to play with you? I didn't come to ask. Yeah. play with whatever the point is that weird. i didn't know that that exists and it felt like the like a, it felt like true betrayal like i didn't understand it's it like I, didn't, nuclear, I couldn't process it it's like a nuclear mo- moment as a, yeah, it was a, nu- it was a nuclear moment yeah. so so that kind of stuff when it happens to people and this happens to everybody okay um this is what teaches people that whenever you come to an environment right where you don't when you're not when you're not absolutely intimate with the people there right and even the people that you're intimate with even them you can't fully trust yeah okay so you always have to come and and be very very careful with what you look like what you say what you seem like right because you want to have uh, a stable calm life without without things like that happening to you without surprises without betrayals, without this kind of stuff. So you learn how to navigate that. That's what creates NPCs. Yeah. Okay. So when we see people who are NPCs, those are people many times, in, in my opinion, you don't have to agree, who, who have actually learned the lesson and actually taken it to heart, meaning way more than I have. Yeah. Because I still, I still blab. And I still say everything I'm not supposed to say. I was right? going to say, what made us, what people like you and I, tr- yeah, I guess, transcend these events? Because again, man, like... So what happens is like this, I want to answer your question. So I think that becoming an NPC is the stated goal of how society is structured. Yeah. Okay. So that's something that, that's kind of like um, the assembly line. Okay. So that's something that's supposed to go. And then most people become NPCs. Okay, very few people don't go through an NPC stage. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, what determines those who come out of it? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I don't know, but I think that places we talked about places like Sweden, like Norway, Denmark, like uh like Soviet Russia, not current Russia, but like Soviet Russia, mm-hmm. uh Soviet like Korea. China, okay, Japan to some extent, mm-hmm. where, and also kind of like upper middle class, n- n- nice suburban areas in the Western world. Mm-hmm. All of these places that I just mentioned share something in common. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to rock the boat. Yeah. Okay, the people who live in good, who live in good situations, like who live in like the nice upper middle class suburbs in pleasant places. They don't want to rock the boat because they like it there. They don't want to lose what they have. Okay. Uh, People in like Soviet Russia and in Korea, they act the similar way, like NPCs, but more because they don't want to lose their life. Yeah. Okay. This is all every it's, it's about people having something to lose. They're scared that they just want to have stability. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and for those who, who, who live in nice places, mm-hmm. right? They don't have a lot of incentive, like things are going well for them, right? Like being an NPC has served them well, essentially. Yeah. You know, they, like, they're just fine. You know, they, they, they have a nice home, they're driving a nice car, you know, they're well-fed, they, they go play tennis, they go biking, mountain biking, whatever it is, yeah. okay? And 
they're good with that. Why would they want to risk the, all of that to join you on your crazy crusade? Why? It's not affecting them. They think. They think. You understand? That's the. That's what it. That's how they perceive it. That's what it looks like to them. Okay. So the difference. So why do some people like exit NPC hood? Yeah. Because. Some people are forced out of it by circumstance, meaning things are not going that well for them. Hashem, Hashem has been pushing me against almost sometimes against my will out of NPC hood, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> since, like, since, but, uh, since college, maybe since, since uh, I don't know. Yeah. But Cypher from Matrix is a great metaphor. Yeah. Right. He just he goes, why? I don't get it. Like, what am I getting here? I was OK in the Matrix. What, what you, why did you bother me? Well, I don't know what craziness got into my head. That I should come out and try to fight this. I can. I was doing okay there. What do I care what the reality is if I feel okay about it, right? So, yeah. um, so that's you know he didn't understand that you know he he really wasn't okay, but that's that doesn't matter because he doesn't feel it. Okay? Yeah. So until he feels it. Yeah. So, um, people who are disgruntled, people who are not happy, people who aren't making it, who aren't having financial success, people who are struggling, people who are rejected, people who are being pushed up, people driven to it to the edge. Yeah. Right? Sometimes that those circumstances pushes them out of NPC hood by like, default. It's like the movie uh falling down. Falling down. Okay. Even a perfect that, example even NPC, perfect example of an NPC that lost it. Speaking of which NPC lost it, but also he's like walking. It's almost like Vice City, but the prequel, you know, he's walking through the city and then all these, and then the gang members come to him. They want, you know, yeah. want to pay a toll. And then he's trying to get a, but you see here, here's a perfect example. The guy, this is an example of what I'm talking about in the beginning. The guy walks into, uh, you know what? Let me play the scene. This is a perfect example of what I was referring to. And the people that he's, by the way, and in the scene, you'll, I mean, you can't, you'll hear it, but you can't see it. Uh, the girl, like it, it's in the it's in the fast food place. He's trying to get he's trying to get breakfast, and it's already eleven thirty three or something like that, eleven thirty five. And he says, "We stopped serving breakfast at 11. Oh no, it's eleven thirty or eleven twenty five. We stopped serving breakfast at eleven. And you see the girl, the the worker, one of the girls. She's like smiling, and she's like not meaning she agrees with him. And she she's the only one that's not in that entire scene that's not completely traumatized by what he does. You know, the the manager is shaking. Everybody in the place is shaking. I'll, I'll play it. Let me play the scene. Falling down. Breakfast. This is this is Michael Douglas. He walks into a, uh, you know, whatever. McDonald's. This, style. Is, Michael, this, is, this to... is Michael Douglas. This is Michael Douglas pre-making out with Matt Damon. Pre-making. Yes, I guess. I yeah. <laughs> that wasn't the first time I came to mind, but yes. By the way, dude, this movie I think should be like, I don't know. Yeah, it's big, man. It's, it's Gavin McInnes is should have won awards here. He the Gavin McInnes essentially takes on the persona. Uh, you know, he dresses like him during his shows. So, so he gets the pocket protector, the haircut, the glasses. Here, so he he wants he's trying to get a. He walks into a supermarket. Oh, no, supermarket McDonald's. Yes, I like. By the way, this is the girl that greets him. So check this out. You know, let me get a. This is a very quiet. Here. Yes, sir. I, I like some breakfast. We stopped serving breakfast. 
know you stopped serving breakfast, Rick. Sheila told me you stopped serving breakfast. Why am I calling you by your first names? I don't even know who you are. Exactly, right? I still call my boss, Mr. I worked for him for seven and a half years, but I walk in here, I'm a total stranger. I'm calling you Rick and Sheila. Right. They're in some kind of AA meeting. Yeah. Right. I don't want to be your buddy, Rick. Huh. I just want a little breakfast. You see, like, why these people have their, their names on the thing? Because it's like, they're you know, you're the buddy. They want yeah. you to call them by their first name, Sheila, right? You can call me Miss Folsom if you want to. Sheila, huh. we stopped serving She's trying to be nice to she says, you can call me Miss Folsom if you want to. She's trying to give him the real her past the, 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 the confines of the restaurant. And he puts it back on the table. Rick, have you ever heard the expression, the customer is always right? Yeah. He's got that yeah, dumb well, grin on his face. Here I am, the customer. That's she's, not our policy. She's smiling at him. You have to order something from the lunch menu. I don't want lunch. I want breakfast. Dude, this girl is almost like an onlooker. She's not. Yeah. She she wants to see. She's just playing these guys against each other. She wants to see what happens. Yeah, well, hey, I'm really sorry. Yeah. Well, hey, I'm really sorry too. Oh my God! Here comes the gun. Yeah. I'm down. Calm down, everybody. Sit down. Sit down over there. Hey, 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 hey. Mister. Where are you going? No, 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 no. You sit down there and you finish your lunch. Come on. Everybody just, just relax and make it easy. Come on. Let's eat your lunch, please. Eat your lunch. You all need your vitamins A's and B's. And <laughs> he accidentally went off. Triggered, sensitive. It's okay. It's all right. Just, it's a sensitive trigger. Where could I have my breakfast, please? Yes, sir. Sheila. Rick, it's Folsom. Yes, sir. Yes. You know what? You're right. I think I've changed my mind. I'm going to have some lunch. Uh, could I have a double whammy burger with cheese? You getting this? Yes, sir. And an order of whammy fries. <laughs> and uh, let me see, uh, a chocolate whammy shake. Yes, sir. Sheila, get his order. Rick, could you get it for me, please? I feel more comfortable not calling you Rick after all we've been through together. <laughs> Notice now, he's like, now, now I can call you Rick because now reality set in. How you doing? Before this barrier. Enjoying your meal? See, now he wants to How talk to you. Son? He wants to pull them out of their... Did you, man? How's the food? <laughs> you have a critic. I don't think she likes the special sauce, Rick. It's a joke. Go. Watch this. So this is what I'm talking about. Turn around, look at that. You see what I mean? It's it's plump, it's juicy, it's three inches thick. Now hmm. look at this sorry, miserable squash thing. By the way, man, 
since I was a kid, can I tell you something? Yeah. I came to America and I remember seeing commercials, McDonald's. And then I'll tell you something, man. The first ever McDonald's I was ever at in my entire life was not in America. It was in Vienna, Austria. The cleanliness, the spotlessness, the service, the quality of the, of the food. I had nuggets. And then I came to America and I went to the McDonald's. There's two McDonald's I distinctly remember going to. The one on Avenue U and Coney Island Avenue. And the one near Luna Park buildings. You know that one? Yeah. By the aquarium. Dude. I, I, I wanted to do what this guy almost did over there. Yeah. I, I asked my parents, I'm like, can you tell me why this looks different than what on TV? They're like, well, you know, that's just a commercial. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I want the thing that I saw on television. This is false advertising. And that's, what, that's actually one of the first time I learned in my life what, what, what means that all of these companies do false advertising. Like deliberately do the false advertising. From car companies to everybody else. You know, that, but do what I realized, like you see the scene, you know what NPCs are really, in my estimation, people who haven't yet had Shvir Sakalim. Yeah. You know, like you had Shvir Sakalim with those two experiences. I had my Shvir Sakalim. Oh, okay, look, I'm saying I everybody else had thousands of those. Experiences. 9-11 was Shvir, should have been Shvir Sakalim for a lot of people, but it wasn't, <laughs> you know, even yeah. however, whoever you think did it. You know, however it was, it should have been Shvir Sakalin for a lot of people. And if anything, it put them back into a bigger stupor than before. Yeah. Um, like, like, for instance, like you know, I told you. Bush said, everybody continue. Sorry. When the guy, when that guy yelled at me, right? Like yeah. it, it, that actually made me stupider for a long time. Like it took me a long time to shake that off. I don't think it made you like, stupider. I think you no, just it made, it, check what out. What I mean is it made me. Uh, it didn't lower your intrinsic intelligence. It made me withdraw inside and i wasn't listening to my teachers my grades dropped yeah but people, that's not, yeah. people thought i got stupider it doesn't mean yeah that's what i'm saying it doesn't make mean you got stupider you just you just became you didn't want to you didn't want to engage i didn't want i did not want to it, it it wasn't helpful could have yeah you know listen man can i tell you my just one my two experiences one experience was the shirts Kalen when um i lost i you know I was with somebody who was pregnant. This was 12 years ago. and I lost the kid. Uh, and I had to like, you know, witness that quote unquote witness. I was in the room and I turned my head away when they pulled basically a, a deceased child out of the womb of the person I was with. Um, that was like, my God, I was, I went from like having like this kind of like no, no F's given life kind of thing. I don't want to say completely, but you know, to, to just this like very real moment, you know? Yeah. And like hearing, you know, the, there's like this Israeli, I don't know, I guess she's a nurse saying, oh, how beautiful, you know, about the baby, even though the baby was deceased. And I'm just there, I'm, I mean, I'm like, I'm 30 years old. I just turned 30 and I'm like, okay, party time is over. Childhood is over. Your 20s are over. Everything that you, life as you thought you knew it, is over. And then you fast forward another three years, and then, you know, I was describing it to you. I don't know if you didn't hear my voice note, 
in, yeah. in, before we spoke, I was describing to you the total mind effery that I went through when I was engaged and, and everything, even after, you know, when I was trying to reconcile with this person, you know, this is like eight years ago. And, and literally it took me for such a loop and, and the person and that whole, not just the person, but the experience made me feel literally it, it pointed, you know, how, you know, how like sometimes you hear from rabbis, you know, the whole point of marriage is to, you know, you're, it's supposed to point out your flaws and you're supposed to work on the things you need to work on. But dude, this was something I literally felt the essence of who I am. Forget about my, my things I need to work on. I'm talking about the essence of who I am was totally, um, like questioned, demeaned, looked down on, uh, you know, just like devalued. I was made to feel literally inadequate as a human, just as a human being, and also just straight up as a man. And again, it wasn't like a person that didn't know me. It was a person who actually thought very highly of me. And then, you know, the, the script flipped for whatever reason. Maybe it was her friends, maybe it was some rabbi, whatever the, whatever the reason was. And, and it was such a mind F to the point where, dude, I, it's still, I reeled from it for, for a few years to the point where it, it obli completely obliterated uh, my confidence with women. It obliterated it, you know? Um, yeah. In a way, I was, I guess you could say I was an NPC when I had confidence with women. Um, and and it, it made me like every every woman I, I met since then I started you know sizing her up I started questioning her motives I started expecting <laughs> no I started literally expecting her to like screw me over or some expecting something to happen you know I was like I told you before I was afraid to like you know or I was afraid to have something great for fear of losing it because I lost something really you know something that was once great you know that didn't need to go south for what again for whatever reason maybe it wasn't even the person's fault i was i started being literally afraid to it sounds cliche it's something out of a movie to love again for fear of losing that love like the of sonadas why do i need to go through this entire process again this entire mind fuckery again you know and i got into that headspace that's exact about. that's exactly huh? the right question yeah for the folks at home who needs it this yeah but most people say that as a statement they say that as a statement like you know by the way, like, like by the, the hell way. with this shit who yeah, needs well, this right that's but you know what's funny by the way simultaneously i'm sending mixed signals to i don't know the hashem the universe also davening and saying hashem please bring me the person who would make me believe that nothing like that could ever happen again so it's like I'm contradicting myself. Please send me the person that make, make me believe that something, nothing like that could ever happen again. But I have a subconscious belief that that could always happen again with every person I meet. Which is it? You want God to you, you want God to use that men in black forget forget thing, you know, yeah. like the yeah, 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 the little the little little machine, little, right. little spark sparky thing. Okay, so but can we just for a second, just in response to everything that you just said. The question that you said that most people say is a statement, right? Who needs this? Yeah. But let's focus on, let's actually ask that question for real. That whole experience that you went through and the headache with the women and now you don't trust them and, and now having to go through it again, who needs, right? So answer the question, who needs it? 
that bad experience that I experienced. Who needs you to go through this? Oh, who needs me to go through it? Hashem, obviously. <laughs> Otherwise, I wouldn't have gone through it. Who needs it? That's why this is happening. Yeah, 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 yeah of course. Again, Listen. 100% his fault. Listen, just the fact that some, I mean, he was legit, Mekubal was involved. And uh, my life, you know, I, I had to leave Israel. I had to like drop a, a, something that was looking like it was going to become a career. I was on his way to something. And Hashem just decided, you know, literally put on the brakes. And literally just like, you know, like the, the hook off the stage, you know, takes me back to America at the drop of a dime. I remember, I remember the day I flew back to America. I'm, I'm in, in Ben-Gurion Airport. I run into a guy I know from Ramat B'Chemish. And I, he's like, oh, you're, you're going to visit? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm uh, whatever, you know, dating somebody. I'm like, and you know what the guy tells me? I'll never forget this. The guy met me maybe once or twice. I went to his house of shop. He goes to me, oh, party's over. As in like your little Baltshuva spiritual amusement park, Israel, blah, 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 fill in the blank. Party's over. Back to reality. Back to America. You know what the problem with that is? Party's There's a huge over. problem with that. Yeah. You know, that's where it all falls with, apart. That's where it all begins said? to fall apart for a lot of Balchuvas. With all, okay. With what he said? There's a problem. You know, when somebody says, party's over. Yeah. What yeah. they're really saying is, yeah. now it's like, for the time being, yeah. right, you had some kind of purpose and direction. Yeah. Right? You seem to be aware that you're working towards something. There seems to be some kind of legitimate goal, right? Mm. When you're out of that environment, uh, that disappears. It shouldn't disappear, but it seems to disappear where there's no more, like, for instance, we were reading about Gurdjieff, right? Yeah. His, his method, right? Or, um, you know, you have other mystery schools uh, in, 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 in Asia, you know, uh, these like secret societies that have like these symbolic spiritual rituals, which mark some kind of milestone in their life. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, that seems seemingly disappears from a, a, a religious Jewish guy's life, you know? And it's just sort of like, all right, now just go kind of like, it just, it's like when you're in yeshiva and when you're with care of people who actually like know what they're doing, right? They, they're trying to guide you in this like step-by-step -step process where you can kind of like, you're working on a, on a specific thing and then you kind of you kind of get there, whatever. Nobody ever gets there fully, but then you kind of go and you start working on this other thing. So there's like a there's some kind of recognizable um, goal where you can mark your progress. Yeah. Okay. Which is which is always like celebrated by some kind of ritual or some kind of like acknowledgement of it. It's taken very seriously, very formal. Yeah. Right. In, in these other mystery schools, like, like the Freemasons are a great example of that, right? Yeah. Okay. So um, they have like these, like they take that kind of stuff very, very seriously because they take their lives very seriously. Like the guys who end up being Freemasons, they end up, like a lot of them end up in positions of power. Yeah. Okay. Like, and I'm not talking about what, not everybody who's ever been in a position of power is evil. 
okay? George Washington, uh, you know, Ben Franklin, the founding fathers, for sure most of them were Masons. It's possible that all of them were Masons. Like Thomas Jefferson, it's not 100% clear whether he was or wasn't. But the point is the vast majority of them were. These are serious people who took their lives and their time and their progress seriously because they really wanted to grow and they wanted to contribute and make the world. They, I'm not, I'm not trying to sell people on joining the Freemasons. I, I'm not going to do it myself. But I'm saying they have this, they have a vision. Yeah. Okay. For a lot of Balchuvas, right? Once they kind of like done with like yeshiva or even like the first year yeshiva and you kind of like, you kind of go off and it's, it's gone. Like it just yeah. disappears. It shouldn't be because yeah. I was looking for this kind of stuff. I was like, why do, you know, why does, why do the Japanese mystery schools, right? Have such deliberate, like clear cut achievements and rituals which mark this right you can you can kind of feel that you're growing you can you can be you can be conscious of it yeah okay what happened to our stuff yeah. where is it why isn't it and if it is there why isn't it taken as seriously you know what i mean like why is it why does everybody seem like they got it more together than the jews why even the religious jews we talked about this before right yeah okay so that's what happens. What, what, so what you said, because I've heard that too, when that guy said to you, the party's over, yeah. right? The yeah. spiritual amusement park is over. Well, that's a shame. Yeah. Okay. What they're saying is... This is a what, Kirov that, guy, by the way. He works in Kirov. What the hell? What, no. So what he's saying is, right. not on purpose, he's saying, I'm a loser and we're going to drop the ball on you. We're going to let you go and flounder. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. what it means. That's essentially what it is. At least he's honest, <laughs> I guess. Okay. And, and for the folks at home... I, you know, I, I had this thought and feeling for, for many years and I, and I, and I knew in my heart of heart that it could not have been like this, the way it is now, there's no possible way that this is how it's been throughout history, even until recent history. Okay. Um, there are very, very, very uh, specific in, uh, milestones that a Jewish person is supposed to achieve in a very organized way. Okay. And it's marked with with a with with recognition of very specific rituals which was which were done which were taken seriously and done carefully okay the only one of those that kind of like survived in our shitty generation okay is like when 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 somebody finishes a volume of the talmud they have like they have this like this little party that they make um they make a seum Okay, they make a, it's like a little event which is called the seum. Seum yeah. means the, yeah. the completion, completion. Yeah. Okay. So, so basically, and it's you know, there's nothing, nothing elaborate. They you get together with a couple yeah. of people, who some of whom were in the proximity, you know, some of the people who are on who are learning, not even necessarily the same volume as you, and you present a general summary of the of everything that you learned where you, you get to discuss everything that you've learned and teach it to those who perhaps haven't uh, come across it yet to prepare them for when they do learn it, okay? So that kind of still exists, but it's no big, you know, it doesn't seem like, uh, like there's too much pomp and circumstance to such a tremendous achievement, by the way. There should be more, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and, and the only other place that I've experienced it, 
I'm not saying that it doesn't exist. There could be like communities that take this very seriously that I don't know about. Yeah, no, like I've I've been to a thing where like a guy finished finished all of shots. He finished the whole Talmud cycle, and and it was a serious, you know, it was like an event. It was a fairly it was like, you know, the whole. Does he have came a, out. He have a special garment, you know. It was you know, oh. it wasn't fancy enough. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't obvious enough what's going on. That's not because because by Jews, it's not what. First of all, it's not what we do. Second of all. It, um, it is what we do. It, it was no, what we did. No, meaning like, meaning like, why, why don't we make it into a whole thing? Because, because, you know, obviously it used to be that, the, that uh, most men, that's what Brother Kessin's trying to do. He's trying to get back to the play, time and place where most Jewish men knew, let's say, Mishnayas, Balpet, you know, in their sleep, right? So, so um, if you're talking about a guy who finished shots, yeah, it's a big accomplishment. But they don't want to make it into like, ooh, you know, like it's like it's like you're like this, uh, you know, special person. Like everybody should finish us. That's their opinion, you know. Everybody should. No, I, I they, they don't. Make, they don't want to make it into a, like an exceptional thing. They want to make it into a regular thing. What What I'm saying is like this. I just let me just. I hear you, dude. I really hear you. I understand that. Okay. Also, I understand the whole idea of not of not, you know making a big show of things because there's a possibility that, you know, you can start growing an, e an ego and you think you're a big deal and blah. I, I get that too. Okay. But a, a, a ritual, right. could be celebrated with a great, with a lot, very elaborate. What, as long as it's understood and the idea is emphasized that it's not the individual, but it's the, it's the, the knowledge that he made contact with, he or she made contact with, right? That is the big deal. It's the fact that, that God allowed him to sit through this entire volume of Talmud, right? Because the Torah itself is like, like to use a metaphor, you know, think about the most sensitive skin on your body, most private and sensitive skin on your body, right? The, the part that you, you don't want exposed to the outside because it could be the most painful if it's, you know, if, if somebody hurts it or makes contact with it or something abrasive rubs against it, the most sensitive part, right? So the, so the Torah is like God infused himself into the Torah. You yeah. understand? Like the Torah, the knowledge, the information, I'm not talking about like the books and the print, even though that's also debatable. Yeah. I'm just talking about the data, the knowledge itself is alive and it's God. That's part, that's the part of God that he allows to, for us to interact with. And it also happens to be the most sensitive part of God. If there's such a thing, you know, to use, to, to borrow, to borrow a term. Okay. Cause you can't really say anything definite about God. Okay. So meaning when I say definite, I meant in terms of we're not, you know, we can't define God. That's what I meant. Okay. So, the knowledge itself, if it's understood, what's the big deal about the seum? It's not that, oh, look how smart this guy is. Look, he memorized all this information and he's a big shot. That's, that's not what we're talking about here. Um, it's, it's honoring the achievement, but not the, not the fact that the guy achieved it. The fact that the information itself, the knowledge made contact with this world. This is what, it's what God wants. Again, I'm not God's hype man, but I've learned that this I've learned from from the, from the tradition that this is how he feels about it. Yeah. Okay, so if you were to 
make a siyum party or a ritual or ceremony. I like the word ceremony. Okay. With that in mind, and you made the biggest possible deal about it, right? You wore the, you, you know, you wore your, uh, your Yom Kippur white, your white coat. For the folks at home, um, Jewish men traditionally throughout the, throughout history, they've, they've had a custom of wearing all white yeah. on Yom Kippur. Okay, it's like the most special clothing that there is. Okay, like think about Asav. We talked about Asav the other day, right? Asav understood the importance of this. Every time you still with me, bro? Yeah, listen. Every time Asav went to see his father Yitzhak, right? This is the one thing that Asav got right, yeah. and he got it right more than anybody else has ever gotten it right. He would he would put on his fanciest clothing. Well, because, every time, every he's time. Not, you're right. It's that he's into Gashmias. That's his whole thing. He's into, per, no, but, into the perfection no, of Gashmias. Right, hold on. Don't. <laughs> let's just focus on the main idea. This is how it's actually taught. This is not my, I'm not telling you my opinion. Okay. I'm saying that, that Asaph took, he respected his father that with such be. legendary respect yeah. that he might be the only one in history who has ever fulfilled that commandment really, yeah. the way that it was intended to be fulfilled. So he didn't do anything else and he broke all the other commandments. And, he, yep. and I don't know if he did any other commandments or not, but, but he did one commandment that no one else could even match up to, not even the greatest rabbis ever. No one, not even Jacob. By the way, Jacob, you notice there are, certain, there are certain movies where you'll see like a villain it's like a common theme, like there's like a villain, but as long as the villain's father is alive, right? And the villain, the villain's father is like a kind of a good guy, so to speak. Yeah. The villain, first of all, pays cover to the father. And not only that, it's almost as if the father, you know, he has to, like, he wants to do something bad to whomever, you know? The like gladiator, guy. right? Like gladiator. the protagonist. But as long as the father is alive, the villain doesn't do anything. The villain, you know, wait, and then literally the villain waits until the father passes away, and that's when either either he waits or he gets unhinged. Oh, yes, because there's no one, there's no guidance anymore. Yeah, there's no guidance. So it's it's just this common thing, a theme I see in movies, not just yeah, Gladiator. There's a, in Star Wars these kind of things. Yeah, it's a universal. There's an underlying re Very interesting the reality, you know. And you notice in the, in the Torah, it's like that that once Yitzhak left the world. That's when, you know, I think yeah. that's, that's when Asaph was like, all right, I'm going to go to war with you. Yeah, you know, so, so absolutely. Okay, so Asaph, right, he had this, he was restrained by his father. And, and on, on top of everything, he, he had respect for his father. And he, he did that mitzvah like nobody else did. And he did it in different ways. And one of the primary ways that he did it, as we're taught by our sages, is that he dressed in his finest Finery. Every time he would see his father, there was never once a, a casual interaction between Asav and his father. Never. You know what I mean? Like you know, you can't you can't go like downstairs like in your underwear, right, to get a gla glass of water in the middle of the some night. Some kind of event or some kind of like pump. He would he would Asav if he had to be in that situation. He knew that he could run into his father along the way in the middle of the night to get a glass of water from the kitchen. He would put on his clothing just in case that might happen. Yeah. That's, and he wasn't trying to look. He definitely tried to trick Yitzhak and 
and lie to him and deceive him in many ways, but not that. That was real. That was his one wholesome connection to the to the world, to reality. Like that's like his father. As long as his father was there, he could not go fully over to the dark side. Yeah. Okay. So why am I saying this? That even in Chazal, in our in our tradition, in our Torah tradition, Mm -hmm. in our Masorah, it's greatly this attitude that he had, right, is not, they're not saying, oh, it was good for Esau. You know, Esau was a lowly guy anyway. And so he did this thing and, you know, he gets credit for that. No, no, no. It's described as the ideal to follow. Yeah, yeah. Choose. Yeah. Okay. That's important. Okay. So what I'm saying is if we, if we had that attitude that Esau had for Yitzhak, when we do something Torah related, which means God, yeah. Okay. And again, I, I hate, you know, it really bugs me when I sound like a hype guy for God. Because yeah. I'm miss because I'm because that, that's a misrepresentation of who I am. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just saying facts. Because you're upset at God like 90% of the time. So like hype man, don't. I'm just, yeah. you know what? I can't say that I'm upset because it feels weird to say, like, you know, like I understand I'm not very much in comparison to God. Like it's, it seems like silly. It's like a, like, you know, like a, like a bacteria, not even, you know, get, you know, being upset at some kind of thing that it's incomprehensible, whatever. Okay. I get it, but I am upset at it because he made me a bacteria and I, and he, and he, and he created that I don't understand. Right. And I don't appreciate being a bacteria or, you know, uh, a tissue that, that some main character in the story blows his nose with. Well, Klaus Schwab knows your bacteria. So he wants to get rid of the bacteria with an antiseptic. <laughs> yes, Klaus Schwab. You are clean. bacteria to me you too. Don't clean. worry. I agree with you, Mr. Clean the world. I am Mr. Clean. That's why. Okay. So, so basically, so basically, okay, um, I, I just, I just want to say that when it, when it comes to God, because you, you made the statement, I just got to qualify quickly, quickly. Promise. Yeah. So I, even when I'm not upset or like, you know, full of, you know, stupid angst or whatever you want to call it, right? Against God. Yeah. Um, the other thing is I'm not terribly enthusiastic yeah. about being his hype man either. It's not like I was his hype man and then he fired me. I don't really want to be. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm just, I, what I'm everything that I'm saying you is like saying that the grass is green, the sun is warm. Yeah, you don't see any other option, <laughs> right? The, there's no. I'm just stating reality. Yeah. Maybe one day, if if God wants, you know, he, he'll he'll create a situation where I can feel some kind of warmth or so or whatever. Yeah. Like yeah, Mr. I don't know. Mr. Like Mr. It, 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 it would it would be helpful if he gave me back my my family. If he gave me back. If he stops right. wipe, hope. If he doesn't continually wipe out my family, that would be a good start. Yeah. Okay. Can so, I ask you a question, man? The ultimate question, and I guess, what got you to go from being the guy, the kid who was afraid to speak out to now? Like, you know, sometimes you and I, like, I remember we got like dinner, lunch, whatever it was, and you had like no problem, you know, uh, talking. Uh, I don't want to say flirting with a waitress, but talking to just anybody. You know, like you'll talk. To, I have a friend like that. He'll like talk to squirrels on the street. You know, if they could talk back. You know. 
So what made you go from that to just having no complexes and no, just not giving a damn? That's exactly it. Uh, there's no, there's no like one big event. It was just uh, thousands of like little ones, like everybody else. Look, I'm not the only one who, who's had difficulty. Yeah, for sure. And compared to other people, you know, I, I have lived a, a charmed life. Okay. Yeah. I understand that. But yeah. basically um, the experiences that I had, the way that it affected me, it, every time that I was like uh, shy or scared or something like that, I wanted something mm. and I was scared to not get it. Yeah, like a, like it's, a, usually it's a woman, <laughs> a woman or something, anything. Yeah. And so, so another way of saying that is that I had nerve endings yeah. to to want to experience that. You know, I had receptor uh, organs in order to experience that. When 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 those nerve endings were burnt away, mm-hmm. right? I don't have those feet. I don't have the things to want those things anymore. Do you understand? Yeah. Like I, I truly, I don't give a shit anymore. I'm not yeah. looking for it at all. I don't care anymore. Like nothing venture, nothing gain kind of thing. So it's like. No, it's different. It's different because I still venture. <laughs> I still venture. Okay. But there's a, like, there's different motivations for it. Do you understand? Yeah. Yeah. So it's always like, and, and, you know, this seems to be pretty common with m- many or most of the women in that I've experienced in my life. Okay. Speaking very, you know, look how you got me talking, dude. Okay. <laughs> so, 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 so it would seem that, you know, like everything else, like the less you, the less you're interested. Yeah. What a coincidence. Now it seems to be more available. Yes. But now I don't give a shit. Well, like I told my friend, you know, my friend uh, who I talked to the guy in LA, he's so like, we have to get married. We have to this, we have to that, you know, like, this, you know, he's always talking about like, different places to meet girls because it's, you know, it's like the first mitzvah of the Torah. And, and at one point I blurted out to him, I was like, dude, I agree with you. We need to get married, but can you stop? Dude, you know what he sounds like? Remember that scene with Jesse Spano and Beverly Hill uh, no, in uh, what is it called? Saved by the bell when she's like trying to get into Stanford and she has all these things on her plate. And at some point she starts taking uppers and then like, in the end, she's like, I'm so excited. I'm so, she's going berserk. And then like, Zach is hugging, uh, hugging her, and like she just goes insane. And that's my friend. I was like, dude, you're spat, you're spanoing out, you're spazzing out. And I'm like, I'm like, you, and I tell the guy, I'm like, you realize that women are like Mikubalim, they could read the desperation on your forehead, the letters, whatever Hebrew word for desperation is, the Hebrew letters of that on your forehead. They could read that stuff, bro. Relax. You know what's funny? Just this ah. is like a this is a huge detour. Yeah. When you're a kid and you're fantasizing about the type of guy you want to be, so that women will like you, yeah. right? Yeah. A, a lot of it is like you know you, you want to be the perfect guy, right? You want first of all you want a six pack, you want to be strong, you want to be handsome, you know you want to all that kind of stuff. But also you want to be sensitive and understanding. You want to really understand everything. Yeah, you want to be you want to be the contra- a contradictant, a walking contradiction. That's what, that's walking, what you want. Well, you didn't know you didn't know those things are contradictory. Right? Yeah, yeah. They're not really contradictory because even they're not contradictory, guys, but you know what I mean. For guys who have succeeded in becoming the type of guy they thought that women would want when they're fantasizing about it as a kid, yeah. what they discover is that they should have become a coke dealer. Exactly. <laughs> They should have become a piece of shit who doesn't care about them at all. Yeah. 
Yeah. All of a sudden, and walk, and walk around right? and walk around going, Pussycat, I'm gonna buy you this. Why don't you become a nurse or something? And you know what? She sticks around. She sticks around. Yeah, she'll say a few not nice words, but she's gonna come back that night. Why? We don't know. Why do women like these kind of men? I don't know. Even the best of women. We don't know. It's a mystery. I think I, I, have, a, I have a theory. I think they, they have more. It's more of instinctual. It's not conscious. Very, very much further back from conscious than, than for a guy. But, inst but instinctually, I, what I mean is like emotionally. They have a, a tikkun. They have a rectification yeah. uh, thing. I don't know what to call it. A thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something, something inside which they have an attraction to they like damaged people because then they can fix it yeah they want to fix they want to fix them. they want to fix they 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 they, they want to have a dramatic see they don't care somebody said something very 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 brilliant to me and I, and i've heard this in a movie and i've heard it in real life and it constantly resonated i don't know where i heard it first i think i heard it in real life and then in the movie i'm like damn that's right that movie where i was telling you about mystery date Remember Mystery Date with yeah. Ethan Hawke? Yeah. So, not, so last time I told you from that movie, the wisdom from his brother, that when women say that they want a guy who's mature, they just mean they want a guy with glasses. Exactly. But he also said earlier <laughs> that <laughs> nobody laughs at that as much as I do. That's I don't know why. That's so hilarious to me. Anyway. Um, <laughs> and and also, he said that women don't. He goes, you 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 you're trying to create something that's unnecessary. You're doing all this unnecessary stuff. Right. In fact, it's counterproductive. You try to, you know, you try to be her dream guy. Yeah. All you got to do is care. Yeah. You can treat her good like you're planning to. Right. Or you can treat her bad. But all you got to do is care what she says. Just or show her or make her think that you do. Yeah. You understand? Like you're not like you're really listening to her. Yeah. Okay, like not that what she not not that what not that you're listening to her, but that what the things that she's telling you, which feel important to her, if you can somehow make it seem like they're important to you, yeah, even just, if you react, just pretend, just pretend. <laughs> even if you react negatively, you understand? Like, let's say, like you know, you, you say, "Look, I don't like the thing that you like." Okay, yeah. and here's why. You know, like like they just want to know that you're that affected by something that she thinks and feels either positively or yeah. negatively well i've they been told well i stand been, neutral well i stand neutral well can i tell you something i've been told by people who claim to be uh know about dating and dating quote-unquote coaches um what would i what was i told or just people who are like i i come across and they say why do you have to you know you know you know like music right for example for me music is very important it's very important you know i remember going out with this one girl in my 20s and i remember i remember she asked me she's like i don't understand what's the big deal with music and you and music she's like i just you know it's like fun it's like you know i just like listen to music on the radio and it's like fun i'm like and i remember going into this whole thing of like lecturing her i'm like you don't understand i was going to turn this into my career i was going to be a, you know i, I was mamish i was i considered being you know house producer and doing this whole dj producer thing this is back when not when not today where it's like everybody in their grandma wants to be that i'm talking about back you know during the underground days you know where not everybody was trying to go do that and it wasn't guaranteed that you're going to make 
boatload of money, like a VC, right? A VC was the first guy. So I remember like, I'm like, you don't understand. This is going to be my career. And also, and then you know what I blurted out? I'm, you know, 23 years old. I'm like, you know, for me, people who like, you know, certain type of music, it's a sign of intelligence. I literally said that to her. I'm like, I'm like, so if they don't like the certain type of music or they don't like, if they just like this pop saw, you know, pop, whatever, bubblegum stuff, you know, that's also a sign of certain level of intelligence. And she got so upset at me and this and that and the other. And then I remember like people with the, it's like, they're like, come on, but that's not what makes a relationship. And like people still, you know, like from people will tell me that, you know, that's not the most important thing and blah, 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 blah. And da, 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 da. And I'm just kind of like, okay. <laughs> Thank you for your advice, I guess. Whatever. Blah. <laughs> you know, that right there uh-huh. is the worst possible thing you can do. What? Blurt out to the woman how I feel? No, that's what? the best thing that you can do. Oh, okay. Worst thing is to is to come out looking neutral or to kind of like seem yeah. like like it yeah. didn't affect you in any no, way. They want us to they want us to look like it, it, they they're telling us this is the from people, quote unquote dating coaches, rabbis, whoever it is, in order for you to get married. Don't express your opinion on anything. You have a havrusa. You want to express your opinion to somebody? Express it to your havrusa. Your wife is not your havrusa or your friend. Yeah, dude, they're, they're always your coming. Wife from, is not, not your giving, friend. They're not giving you wisdom. They're giving you a a plan as to how to breed. Yeah. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. Or at the I very. Mean, I, I guess I, I understand why they're they're desperate because yeah. you, know, you have to resort to this kind of stuff because yeah. otherwise. They're worried that people aren't gonna, yeah. you know, come into existence. Oops, sorry, Jewish oops, people. Oops, sorry. Yeah. You mean a minute? I couldn't hear what you said. No, no, I just, I just clicked a button and the, our video popped up. Oh, okay. So, 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 yeah. So basically, um, this is the, this is you know the thing about like just whatever it is, treat them. Now, I'm not. Look, I've heard a saying from a movie. This is not my saying, and I'm not advocating for it, okay? Here's a saying one more time. Mm-hmm. Not mine, folks. Yeah. Treat them good, in reference to women, or treat them bad. It yeah. doesn't matter to them as long as you are not neutral about them. Yeah. As long as you don't feel neutral about them. They, that's all they really care about. Can, can I tell you something? You know, like what I know. But, but, but hold on. Let me, let me, now let me say my, t- folks, don't treat them bad just don't be neutral yeah all right just cut the bad part out you know there's no reason to treat anybody bad yeah go ahead i'm sorry no i was just gonna say you know like what i noticed like we we have this thing now in the past what 30 or 40 years where you know let's say a comedian will get up on stage let's say patrice is a perfect example of this or or any any person that talks about you know the dynamic between men and women and you always hear that, and you even said this just now, and for a good reason, women do this. And they, this is the mistake women make. Dude, you know what I'm thinking? You know what I'm really thinking? I'm thinking that before the year 1965 or 1960, women were not making any of these mistakes. And women were not saying any of this stuff. What came in the mid-60s? Feminism. Yeah, the- Feminism. And it really effed them up. And now, yeah, fe- folks, feminism does not equal women's rights. 
No, it doesn't equal women's rights. If anything, it, it you want to talk about mind F, it mind F them. And when they got mind F, they started mind Fing us. I think before, the, you know, and that's why it pisses me off when rabbis, you know, dude, I know somebody, I'm not going to say who, who's married. And, uh, you know, I know the wife, I know her before they got married. And, you know, something happens between them in front of me. And then, you know, the person, you know, she walks away into another room and, he, and then he'll go to me. Oh, you know, women, Rabbi so-and-so told me that we're meant to work on this and we're meant to work on that. I'm like, no, dude, it's not women. It's her. She's insane. And if it is women, it's not supposed to be that way. Yeah, Adam and Chava. And I'm like, dude, Adam and Chava was not a vapid bitch. Okay. Adam and Chava was not illogical. Uh, Chava was not illogical. She was not. She had her so, work. She's a woman. Can I tell you, can I tell you, crazy, can I tell you a crazy story? But before feminism, Hava was normal. Okay. Can, can, I, can I tell you a crazy it was story? easier to deal with, I guess. This story is so crazy. I'm scared what? that I've been meaning to say it a couple of times and it just keeps disappearing. You know, it's kind of like, it's very elusive in my mind, but it just popped up. So do you, can I tell you? Yeah, but I was just going to say to the folks at home, what any of this have to do with NPCs, what we're talking about now, I have no idea. Maybe we'll circle back to it somehow. But anyway, go on. We could easily, I mean, it just had to do with the uh, yeah. experiences that makes yeah. people into NPCs. Part of that is dealing with with yeah. uh, relationship stuff, you know, whatever, you know, be, yeah. disappointment. Yeah. Like yeah. you were telling me about the experience that you had uh, with the miscarriage yeah. and the experience that you had, you know, where you know, the childhood's end, you know, be kind of like a shattering of the vessels experiences and stuff like that causes people to become NPCs. That, that's how we got on this. Okay. So here's the story. And I, this, I'm, I'm, this is all kind of like a paraphrasing. I, I don't know if I get the actual statements these people made correctly. Yeah. This is with the first Lubavitcher Rebbe, Rabbi Shneer Zalman of Liadi, Ljozna, Okay, the first Lubavitcher Rebbe. Yeah. The altar Rebbe. So he had, he, you know, he had relocated like several times. Like he lived in a couple of different places. He had like different positions uh, in different towns. Oops. And mm -hmm. and he was gaining a following, right? Mm -hmm. In in the process of this. One of his one of his uh, main like Hasidim, one of his main followers, his and a benefactor as well, mm -hmm. right? One of his main benefactors. He had a wife who was giving him a really hard time about being a follower and a benefactor. Like everything that he would do, she she would, I don't know if everything, but it was a theme that her attitude was negative about it. And she'd give her husband a hard time about being a follower of the Rebbe and helping him. Okay. And there's this one particular time that, you know, him and all of his Hasidim, they were like traveling and they stopped at, a, I think, at some kind of lodging area, hotel, something like that. It was a multi-story uh, thing. And there were balconies, like there were little rooms that had balconies. So mm -hmm. in one particular occasion, she was like really, she was like, she got a little, you know, she got like out of control big time in terms of like how she was like yelling and cursing. And she was saying like really not nice things about the altar Rebbe. And she was kind of like flailing wildly. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And she had tripped and she fell over 
the balcony and she died. Mm -hmm. well. And the husband went running over to the Rebbe in tears, tell, telling him, uh, telling him what he did, you know, what had happened. And the Rebbe said like this, and I don't know if this is his exact wording. Okay. Yeah. He said, every now and then it's possible that a woman can get hysterical. And he just waved his hand. Yeah. Wow. He, and, he, and he said, he said, you're not a, go to her. She's alive. Yeah. <laughs> she, she was essentially, wow. look, obviously, you know, this is a story of faith, meaning like if you, if, if you are familiar with, the, with the Rebbeim of Lubavitch and of, and of, you know, just in general. Okay. You know, such things are possible. If you're hearing this, if you're folks at home, you're hearing this and you find it's hard to believe. Yeah. I, I get you. You know, I'm not, this is not something that uh, you could ask somebody to have faith in. They, they don't tell stories like that about you or me. But they don't tell stories about like that about you and me. Okay. So there are, you know, there have been recent uh, resurrections here and there. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. But this is a, this is a story attested to by many, many eyewitnesses. Yeah. Okay. So, and then some wise guy is going to be, some wise guy is going to be like, oh, she wasn't really dead. Well, well, how did he know that? Oh, he got lucky. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Anyway, that story has like no, like there's no reason besides the coolness of it yeah. and the fact that he said something about women's hysterics which yeah. is hilarious no listen they they would that, that's fine but what I, I guess dude you know I'll, I'll tell you something man i look at even the women of the generation of let's say our mothers uh you know dude you know it's funny like how many ladies listen to our thing to our to our show or whatever it is and you know some of them are like let's say average age will be like 60 right let's say a woman is like 60 years old you know many times i've heard i'm not saying this to my own horn i'm saying this to prove a point uh some 60 year old woman goes to me were i 25 years younger and then i go to her were you 25 years younger you wouldn't be saying what you're saying what she's really saying... You wouldn't have those sentiments. What she's really saying is, I, I've matured now to... Right. That's what she's like saying. You. She's saying that if I was as smart as I, as I am now when I was yeah. 25... Back then, old, I would have been into you. So what is she saying? All the women who are our age and younger are idiots? Probably. I don't know. They're not smart. They're not, they don't have enough wits about them to realize that a good man... That right. I, there's certain, there's guys certain like us are worth anything or what? No, it's like it's like... And this is obviously doesn't apply to everybody, but yeah, there's stages where women are looking for things that they think are profound, which are dumb. Yeah. So basically, what 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 not attractive to them at that time. What I am to conclude is that I should I'm going to wait until sixty until I marry. No, no, that's not a good conclusion. That's not that's that's a, that's a, that's, a, that's a conclusion for retards. Well, I I understand, but what am I supposed to do with this information, dude? I've Wonderful. already told you know. I've already told you what the plan is. All right. Just Again, like, plan. I, I like how like I like how you came up with a plan. Uh, no one else, <laughs> you know, there wasn't any committee. No one, no one gave us coming to that plan. There was no one else on board with the plan, including me. You came up with a plan. You, what do you mean? You said you uh, were on board with it. No, I'm on board. But like, first of all, like you know, somewhere out there in the ether is a plan. Dude, the plan is not a complicated plan. The, is, the plan I, is to I, take a fish, take a fisherman to the lake. Thank you, Mr. Kim Jong-il. It's not a complicated plan. So 
Listen to me. In order for the plan, whatever any plan you have to work that involves me and another lady, lady, that lady has to be on board with that plan as well. I was trying to do Jerry Lewis. He's like, okay. lady, lady. What I'm thinking is most of these ladies are not, they don't have enough, yeah, maturity or seichel to be involved in that plan. But you know what? To be an element in that plan. Yeah, but here's the thing. There's, there's a, see, you were just talking about um, wise, older lady wisdom that was attained, which is true wisdom. Yeah. What you were ignoring, the wise, older man wisdom. See, you're just as dumb as the young girls. <laughs> And you're not, you're I'm ignoring. Not, I'm the, not ignoring it. I'm just, you're ignoring I'm what old men say. And no, I've listened to is, them. I'm not ignoring it. I'm just saying that it, it hasn't gotten me anywhere. No, you've never adopted it, dude. Don't even try to pretend like you did. Don't even try to pretend. Okay. Old man wisdom says the following. Okay. Uh -huh. Confucius says. Okay? <laughs> Confucius says. Confuser, Confuser says. No, that's a, a, here. Can I just play this? Before you go on, can I, can I just play this? Everybody, everybody has to be exposed to this. This is Red Fox, the comedian Red Fox. Confucius say... Skip. We're not going to have time to, to talk about Aleister Crowley, are we? No, we're not. Here. Red Fox is better than Aleister Crowley. I'd like to continue on with the series of Confucius because uh, in my book, Confucius is one of the great minds <laughs> that we had on earth. Confucius say, man who lay girl on hill, not on level. <laughs> That's true. And Confucius also say, he who fishes in other man's well often catches crabs. <laughs> Confucius say, wife who puts man in doghouse may find him in cat house. That's that's wisdom right there. And uh, I love the crab thing. It's great. No, but the cat house thing, that's the real wisdom. Yeah. If you put your husband in the doghouse, yeah. and don't be surprised. Yeah, don't you know, get upset. Don't get don't get upset if you if you happen to find him in the cat house. Yeah. As a result. Exactly. All right. So um what were you gonna say? I'm sorry. So old man wisdom says yeah. that. I don't know. Something happens to an old guy, and don't say that it's Alzheimer's or they're getting like you know, you know, cantankerous or any kind of old man bullshit. Okay, this is wisdom. Yeah, they they have a more like whimsical look at life. Yeah, my dad, sure. is a perfect example. Of right, he, and he's like they, they're all looking at like younger people, especially guys who you know yeah. all this complexity. Right, yeah. Yeah. older guys know how to, they can finally appreciate beauty that they could not appreciate they took for granted okay but then but now it's too late now they can't do anything about it yeah. okay they just aside from a aside from a woman's qualities and uh, and all this kind of stuff like they start simple they realize wait wait, wait, wait you, we got too complex here yeah. hold on a second here's a woman let's start with that like holy is she, crap is she hot First, no no no, no, no <laughs> do, do, you see you're getting complicated already <laughs> so and then, and then you tell her, here's a girl. And, and, to, and to them, like all women are beautiful because they are, yeah. you know, unless, unless, you know, unless there's ex extenuating circumstances, like God forbid, an accident or some horrible disease or something like that. Yeah. But, but any healthy woman is beautiful. Yeah, my father goes to me to this day. He's like, why can't you date your sister friend? Da, 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 so 
I'm like, well, you understand, she has a, she's a baby and she does it, she's a daddy issue. Because, yeah, but that's the good part. Yeah, he doesn't go, yeah, well, he doesn't he's, say that. He's just like, his like, baby, this is good. Yeah, yeah. What I, what I mean by baby is that she's ridiculously mature. What he means by baby is that, whatever. So, right. So, 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 so basically, when guy, you know, like, like I complicate things. They're pretty much like, yes. what? What's the problem? Yeah. Guys, guys if, okay, if you say to an old man, oh, I don't like this quality, that quality, and she's not smart enough, she didn't have any, you know, he's like, you fool. There's, you've gotten so far past, you've missed almost everything important to appreciate. You have your head up your culo. Yeah, you can't even <laughs> see it. Yeah, why don't you stick your head up the culo, see if it fits. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Or in the words of Al Pacino, I'm too old, I'm too tired, I'm too effing blind. <laughs> it's like, no, when you said about uh, he's, you know, he, he appreciates the beauty, can't do anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, so, so an old man understands that all that crap that he was so concerned about, that he thought was so profound and so, you know, important and this and that was all caca. Except. And then, and then, hold, hold, hold on. And he didn't. And this is a, this is like non-religious man wisdom, you know, like old normal guy, man wisdom, yeah. Normal man wisdom, okay. And I'm not saying this is perfect, but this is how they see it, okay. So, so they just they're like, look, they're, they're like, just shh, shh, shh. not like you tell you tell this old man. He's like, look at that, look at that beautiful girl. She's 21. Look at her. She's look at her. She's 26. Look yeah. at that one. She's 29. Look at this. Look at this beauty. Yeah. Female youth. Yeah. They don't see age. Just anymore. look. No. 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 They're just trying to say, like, wait a minute, just, just, just calm down. Yeah. You, I know what you're thinking. You have this whole thing. Oh, she's like this. She's vapid. This girl, yeah, you know, she's a lefty. Blah blah blah. <laughs> An old man doesn't care about any of it yeah. because not because he doesn't, not because he's shallow, yeah. but because he's stunned at the yeah. beauty of just the simpler things, are just about the reality of the woman, yeah. about her, about this unspoken. Uh, glow, this youth, this just that alone. Do you know what my dad does? He, he'll go like, "What about so and so? Some girl, you know, like a girl who's attractive." And I go, "I know." And I go, "I know her. She, она, she's a And then he like slaps his knees like a pet And then he's like, Exactly. By the way, he's right. Her. <laughs> by the way, by the way, he's right. <laughs> right. I've can can I can I know I, I I tried that, bro. You know how many times I tried that already? To many different, so, many different. I'm not, I'm not, again, I'm, let's 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 just go get out of our particular. Remember the this. remember the Uber girl, dude. Even the, the Uber girl. Uber? Even the Uber girl. Yeah, buddy. Look, I I would admit that you're not gonna go. You're not gonna go to uh, Charles Manson's uh, cult with oh, all his so girls. And, and, and find a lovely bride there. Also, you actually, you'll find on. somebody lovely looking. Also, no, lovely a lot, looking. A lot but of not, you know, you know, they're, they're probably a little bit too difficult. A lot of them know. are not going to have also today in the year 2022. You're forgetting they're not, they may not, may not have functioning. That's right. That is a legitimate that, concern. That's the issue, which nobody. If, if only that was the issue with you, then we'd have a much easier time. Okay? Yes. Actually, at this point, that is Dafka the issue with me. That's why I don't take any more dates from modern Orthodox girls. By the way, dude, can I tell you something? As I'm like, I saw a, I saw a meme, like on Getter, right? Not a meme. It was like a photo. It was like a photo mm -hmm. of like these two kind of like semi hoary kind of like Midwestern chicks, yes. right? With like you know with the, with the 
yes. with the with the tattoo mm-hmm. right above the you know the mm-hmm. in the back right above what's that called? what's that area called? called the tramp stamp yeah tra- yes yes the tramp stamp okay so haven't used that in a while That's... right but they, but but they also had shtick you know they're also kind of like funny yeah, yeah, yeah. right they're because and they were holding a sign I guess this was at some kind of event or something like that yeah. they're like they're like only oh, on looking for looking for pure something yeah, no looking for unvaccinated cock that's what they said that's they were holding a sign like I've that. Seen that meme i've seen that meme yeah. and then when i saw that you know usually i'm you know that's a huge like turn off yeah you know what i mean yeah. but like now i'm like now it's really hot about that <laughs> like, uh, yeah, yeah 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 because <laughs> if you're stuck on a, if you're stuck on an island they're know? funny those girls are so funny yeah they have stick good and they're, no, they're like they're really good looking. They're just like super yeah, horny. I saw, I saw the meme. Yeah, yeah. There's this one skit where Norm Macdonald, he was like dressed up as uh, the lead singer from Poison. Yeah. Remember Poison, the band? Yeah. Right. So, was, no, no, the, the lead singer from Motley Crue or something like that. Okay. And the band was no, I can't remember. It doesn't matter. It was like one of those reality shows, you know, like where you have this some kind of like washed up celebrity, and then he has to choose a girl. Right, like, yeah. you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was doing he he was doing a skit on it, and it was the skit where you know they were making a choice as to who he's gonna like actually end up, like you know, marrying or whatever. Yeah. And, and you see all these kind of like hoary looking girls, and then the one all the way on the right, he goes, Madeline, you are truly one of the most horriest looking whores that I've ever seen. And I'm a rock star, so I've seen a lot of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I remember when I first saw you. You had this like super hoary look on your face. Yeah. <laughs> it's just this, I can't deliver it like like he does. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a really funny skit. There's no point to that whatsoever. Dude, by the way, I found this meme that you're talking about. It's it's on it's on I found it on Reddit. It's so it's protesters in Australia. So these two, you know, I see the two girls. Do you do you real do you realize you're gonna you're gonna have me be killed? No, listen, I just want to read to you the comments on Reddit. No, I, I no, I think God is going to kill me because every time I talk about something, you look it up. This is going to lead to disaster. No, it's this is actually just stick. It's funny. Listen, he, this guy responds. This is he's like, I got my shots in the shoulder. Who are these people taking jabs in the dick? Because <laughs> he said looking for a vaccine. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. Right, they, it stays. <laughs> right, it stays where where you got the shot. It stays in your pinky. If you got, if you got a shot, I get it. I get it. I get it. Next, you're going to tell me your elementary gym class didn't have penis inspection once a week. <laughs> right. i mean yeah it has to go into muscle muscle these are all the comments muscle tissue why would you inject it into a bone oh my God. i i made my choice when i was told there may be some swelling don't you yeah. want to protect yourself from covid in areas other than your shoulder uh the people who spent oh okay uh, they put the johnson and johnson shot in your johnson uh, uh, that's clever people who people who misunderstood what a booster means yeah Uh, yeah. that explains the anti-vax sentiment oh because they're hot uh it helps with the 5g reception it acts like a little antenna uh i just got mine in my whatever schwanz it grew a few inches i didn't realize that was like that that beam was like a phenomenon i thought it was just it's a reddit sensation apparently uh but i'm already vaxxed she doesn't need to know for real though kids don't be a fool wrap your tool why I exclusively have sex with anti-vaxxers? Four years of child support is better than eighteen. All right, all right. Let's pull this out of the gutter. I know it's my fault. I know anyway. it's my fault. No, these are just funny. Whatever. Anyway, I know it's my fault. 
as usual. All right. So, <laughs> so old man wisdom tells you, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. Let's say we're, you know, you, we're looking at young girls that you don't know if they're vapid, you don't know if they're lefty, but you know that they're vaccinated. They're not, they're not vaccinated. Okay. Yeah. So yes. Hypothetical situation. Okay? At this point, we have to like eliminate all this. Okay. Well, we know they're Jewish because of your religious, you know, spiritual concerns and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Okay. Um, and by the way, folks, it's to us, it sucks that, you know, because we've seen many beautiful non-Jewish girls who are not just beautiful, but they're awesome too. They're awesome. I mean, they believe in God. They're, they haven't taken we, crap, the crap. Right. And we're very tempted. We could easily want to be they with have, them. They have shtick. They have, they have spunk. Yeah. They There's be, nothing they about God. them repulsive to us at all. Like at okay? all. Not spiritually, not nothing. It's just yeah. we were given instructions that yeah. this is the way God wants it. End of story. There's no other reason for it besides that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Dude, Why you know what happened you? yesterday? My friend literally sent me... Uh, some there's some non-Jewish girl that has a, a, a vlog about interior design on YouTube. And you know what he writes to me? I didn't even see the video yet. And he sends me the video. He sends the video to our friends group. And this guy just writes here. This is what he wrote. Uh, guys, I have found the perfect personality type for Greg. And then I open the video and I see how this girl is with her stick and her and her spunk and whatever it is. And then I write, find me a Jewish chick like her. And he goes, dude, I knew it. I knew it. And then I go, and then I write, notice, this girl is not even close to a certain rating number on the scale. But then I go, but it's fine. She has spunk. Yeah. And then he goes, yeah, it can compensate for looks. So, and then I literally, I'm like, I'm like, where? I haven't seen a Jewish girl like that. And the ones that I have seen, again, it's like the Jewish grandmother, Jewish grandmother by the mother. Dude, first of all, you know, there's something to consider. There's not that many of us. I know there's not that. That's the problem. He and he even my friend even says this. Like, we're, we have a small pool. We have a very small pool. If you narrow it down to just religious people and like Masorti, non-leftist in the Jewish world in America, you're left with like twenty percent of the people, and then you split that in half. That's women, and then you split that even more. How many of are you know under a certain age? This is a small, small population. Tiny. Not a- it's not, you know, it's not. We're screwed. Not, <laughs> you know what I mean? We're not in China here, folks. Yeah, it's China. We're but, China. Um, we're not, we're not in Middle America. Yeah, the rest right. of America, China. Right. right. So exactly. So so that that's certainly an issue. But but the point is, old man wisdom says you are not. It's not about being shallow. It's quite the opposite. It's like you have, um, you kind of just skirted over. You ran over so many things that are to be appreciated that you that you're too dumb to appreciate at this point because you won't calm down and shut up and just listen and learn how to appreciate this beauty that 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 I learned how to appreciate yeah. only in my old age and now I can't even do anything about it. Yeah. So don't make the same mistake that I did, but of course you will, Putz. That's what that's old man wisdom. He goes, just a young healthy girl number one is amazing if she's beautiful that's already like you should that's it you should shut up it doesn't let at that point it doesn't matter if she can even read it doesn't matter i mean it does matter but the fact those everything that comes before those qualities is so intense and it's so it's very spiritual by the way don't let anybody tell you that that's that that's you know skin deep shit yeah Okay, there's we got to talk about the spirituality of of physical beauty. Yeah, 
and what it is and why is it so why is it the motivating factor female physical beauty is the driving force it's the weather that gets everything moving in the whole world yeah. it's crazy right yeah. i would design the world that way that doesn't make sense to me but i'm still subject to it yeah. what the hell is that how come nobody ever has a conversation about that what the hell nobody is nobody even wants to admit it because it's absurd rationally okay it makes no sense that every that the whole obsession of literally every human being on earth mm -hmm. and possibly some aliens who knows okay yeah. is beautiful human women yes even the angels couldn't deal with it smokestacks yeah. genesis chapter six even they couldn't deal with it that's why when you go on instant gratification gratification gram most <laughs> of what you see on insta insta gratification gram 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 is that with the exception of like some hockey tutorials and uh, bottles of wine and half of those bottles of wine is with those ladies trying to sell you those bottles of wine or a lifestyle attached to the bottles of wine or their body part attached to the bottle drinking the wine with the body part whatever apart from all that it's just a smokestack or the latest smokestack trying to show herself so, and, so, and be an influencer as a smokestack. Okay, absolutely. But don't don't get me wrong. Okay, I I understand. I'm not I'm not discounting the 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 very large potential to not have thoughts about what this what this is and where it comes from and why it's so powerful. Like you know, this is the higher aspects of that topic. Mm -hmm. most people i don't know i can only assume like don't have those that's not what they're thinking they're just totally indulging the the basest part of of the reaction to that but there's there's much more than just indulging the basest part of the you know just you know physical attraction mm -hmm. right it's it, you know when you understand that it has an origin mm -hmm. that there's a reason if you understand how profoundly it affects individuals and the whole world and literally you know the, the geopolitics the face of the earth is molded and shaped based on it helen of troy the famous example you know there's there's millions of helens of troy wars entire genocides carried out because of women it all it all goes back to that i'm not saying that to blame for it but when you have like maniacs in power right and they become they start having rivalries with each other like you would have literally you would have in europe and obviously everywhere else you'd have like royal you have kings and nobles and stuff like that and you have these like warring city states or like these small kingdoms that are vying for you know they're trying to fight each other okay mm -hmm. to expand their territory in england and europe and then one king he wanted to marry the wife of the of the king of the neighboring king but the neighboring king got to her first right it was his high school sweetheart and then this other king came and married her so now he's going to fight a war because the rules that they had i'm i shit you not the rules that they had is that if when the, it's totally understood it's already it's almost like automatic that the conquering king 
after he comes, it, it's it's essentially the, the 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 queen is immediately raped by the conquering king, if he, if if he wants her, and very often they did because kings tend to choose beautiful women as their queens. Mm -hmm. Okay, so wars, villages burned, entire populations of regions of of the earth, <laughs> like little you know what I mean, a village gone, a couple of villages, this whole you know. Uh, agricultural little kind of center with a couple of thousand people snuffed out all their you know burned because the king wanted the, do you understand mm -hmm. this stuff has been happening through all of history yeah. understand? some jewish broad rejected a uh, hitler or something like that you know what i mean i don't know if that's what happened but yeah. it's always something like that yeah okay you know who's you know who's a potential to be a hitler Stephen Molyneux, you know that guy, Stephen. Yeah, Molyneux. yeah, yeah, yeah. Molyneux. yeah, yes, yes. I'm joking about his potential, but he keeps bitching about how some Jewish girl, uh, yeah, you know, rejected him because he wasn't fully Jewish or blah yeah. blah blah. That yeah. guy has that guy is like has the most negative energy of anybody that I've ever encountered. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's just pure tension. Yeah. If you want, folks, if you want to drink, take a nice big gulp of tension, please. Stefan Molyneux. Yeah. So Stefan Molyneux is your guy. Yeah. And also he's a liar. He's a white, far right, they say, far right nationalist, white supremacist, podcaster, blogger, author. Blogger. None of that is true. None of that is true. He's just annoying. Who promotes conspiracy theories, scientific racism, eugenics, men's rights, and racist views? I, listen, I've, I've, I've listened, unless, unless he completely went off since the last time I looked, it's probably, not, none of that is probably true. But yeah. the fact that he's extremely like weird and bitter yeah. and he's annoying and also he's either a liar or he's not very careful about how he learns history. Right. You know what I mean? Because um, that, those things are true, unfortunately. Yeah. He, I, somebody in his, I think his father is Jewish or something like that. His, uh, let's take a look. Or his grandfather or something like that. Uh, doesn't say anything about the background. I think he probably carefully curates that himself. No, no, he admitted. Him. No, he admitted in his thing. That no, no, I'm just looking. Hey, hold on. Ammonia. Um, uh yeah his mother here you go hold on uh yeah jewish descent molyneux's mother was born jewish on this video from his youtube channel i have reverted this it is dubious and not verified by an independent reliable source this kind of, oh this is something else okay Really? That's that's oh, this amazing. Like whole, oh, this is like a whole discussion in Wikipedia about. If I that's true, here. if that's true, then you know we have, we got to talk to this guy. Oh, they the video was taken down. Uh, here, thanks for posting the clip where Molyneux says his mother was Jewish. I came across that fact somewhere else previously. It's obviously reliable. He says it and goes into great detail detail about her. Here in his commentary on World War II previously, I suspected he was Jewish. I don't know why Wikipedia rejects his statement about his own family. It is obvious Wikipedia is very biased in its articles on World War II. The reason Wikipedia rejects Molyneux's statement about his own family might be because he says his mother was born in Germany in 1937 and says his grandmother went to work in Dresden in 1937, the day of the Allied bombing attack on Dresden. Those statements would indicate Molyneux's Jewish family led the typical life most German families led in World War II, even having a family member, grandmother killed in a bomber attack. Of course, none of his, this conforms to the, with the stories peddled about Jews how Jews were supposedly treated during World War II. You know, the stories making soap out of Jewish fat and lampshades from their skin, 
another ridiculous hate propaganda that's great. Okay. Uh, so these guys are like whatever. no, no. There's there's a whole there's like a whole generation of like yeah. Holocaust deniers. Yeah. And and dude, I don't care about Holocaust deniers. I don't. I, I'm not worried about yeah. an entire generation of people yeah. who are going to deny the Holocaust. I don't care. Yeah. I only care that Jews know about it and that they react in the following way. They get guns and knives. Yeah. And then, and then when the next time somebody tries to do it, they shoot the shit out of anybody who comes even looks in their direction. Yeah. I don't care. That's the only Holocaust education I care about. Ladies and gentlemen, every Jew at 22. I'm repeating. As long as it's, as long as it's at least a 38, then I'm okay with it. Every Jew, a weapon. That's it. Don't, not every Jew walk around killing people indiscriminately. Every Jew, a weapon. And if someone comes to, if you know, you know, what does the Sanhedrin say? If you know someone's coming to kill you, you rise up and you kill them first. If you know they're trying to. You got to be able to do that. Yes. Okay. Not react in Israel defense force and wait, you know, shoot until shot at. Don't shoot until shot at. No preempt them because they are here to kill you they're not here to just shoot at you and uh you know into the sky or above you they are trying to kill you hamas is trying to kill you the idf is trying to kill terrorists who are hiding among human beings hamas is trying to kill people they want everyone dead they want all jews in the world not just in israel dead how do you stop that from happening? And we're talking to you like this, like children, because you're idiots. Because you don't understand. Yes. By the way, it's 35% of you idiots in America, Jews. Jews. 333. Yes, wonderful. That is the time. Yeah. Anyway, man. So how do yeah, we man. wrap this up with NPC? So basically, we, so in summary, we discussed um, how I just wanted to, you know, just for the folks at home, maybe... In, Maybe some of you just tuning in only past couple of minutes. Uh, there's stuff going on, even in you know on the quote unquote, you know anti schmacks, uh, you know truth movement people, people who call themselves part of that, mm-hmm. who are calling other people NPCs, which means that they there's people who are literally saying that it looks like most of the people in the world are not real people, or 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 it's almost like they're getting ready to to accept that all these people are about to die and why you shouldn't care. I don't know if they're getting, no. I don't that's know. what it is. That, that's what it is. This guy's getting ready to, to accept that people that die. No, no, we should care. That's but... how, I'm saying that's how I interpreted. That's how it felt. That's what my mind produced yeah. in reaction to what he said. For me, it was are more like, for... sorry. For me, it was more like these people are already gone, meaning like mentally gone. They've been, they've been sucked into the narrative and there's no point to meaning... That's the same thing. That's what he's saying. That's the same. Th- that's the same thing that I said. Meaning, we can only daven that they come back. I don't know. I don't know what else there is to do. No, no, that's not. That's not true. That's not true. So okay. what I'm saying is that we pr- that that for, that number one, any one of us, all of us are NPCs on some level, and there's always somebody out there who's Correct. looking at you as an NPC. Correct. And sometimes those people have more resources than you, and sometimes they even decide to do something about you as an NPC. Okay. So that's really important for everybody to understand okay? that you're not going to be in the safe camp because there's always, you're always an NPC to somebody. Okay. 
And, yeah. and, and secondly, the, the NPCs are not NPCs. The people that, we, that look to us as NPCs, there's just an illusion. There's no extra people here, folks. Everybody's a real person. All human beings, they're real. And, and if, if they feel NPC-ish to you, that's because they most likely don't trust you to have a real conversation with you. Why should they? Why should they open up and join your crusade immediately? You know, like people like me and Greg, you know, we, we talk and, you know, just, we just say whatever is, is truly on our hearts and minds, but we're insane. Nobody does that. That's why we call the show Truth Fanatics, because <laughs> this thing that should be normal, yeah. right? Just saying what's on your mind, we're saying real. We're not trying to be right, folks. We want to be right, but yeah. we want to be true yeah. above everything. Yeah. So that, like, for instance, if I say something stupid, at least you know it's not out of malice, and I could be wrong, but maybe there's somebody out there who yeah. knows to correct me, and yeah. now and now I, I can be corrected yeah. because I shared this thing, this ignorant thing that i said which this is what i really thought somebody yeah. could help me i'm open to it how would any how would that happen if i don't say what what i really think yeah you know if i told you that if you that it's it's commonly known that if you hit midgets on the head <laughs> while they're wearing a leprechaun hat right you hit them on the head and they turn into seven golden coins and it's commonly accepted right and i say that out loud yeah. denise can call me and say uh that's not true. Please don't, please don't do that. I'd be like, okay, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like no one can gain by pretending to be smarter than they are. Yeah. Okay. So, so if somebody, remember, if you're looking at somebody, if anybody, if NPCs exist, then you're one of them, if that's the case. But the reality is there's no such thing as NPCs. And there's a lot of people who just don't, um, they have, everybody has, a very very complex inner monologue yeah. you, you should assume that yeah. okay at least as complex as yours yeah okay except people make different decisions about whether or not to reveal that i, I don't think can i based on the things that have happened to them i don't think a lot of people are npcs but what i do think is a lot of people especially in western countries depending on where you go in that country are um are fake what do I mean by fake? Either fake, completely fake, or or two-faced. You know, again, I'll give you an example. Again, going back to uh, the people that I deal with from my apartment. You know, we had this whole at every turn. You know, they think that I'm like a troublemaker or some sort of rabble rouser or a un, uh, you know, um, how should I put this? Inc a non-compliant person in the building, right? That's yeah. what, I feel like that's what they know me as. That's what they think of me. Why? Because I'm constantly asking, why do I have to do this stupid thing that you made up or that you just recently added that never existed before as a rule in the building that I never even knew about? I constantly, I'm, I constantly question everything, you know? So I had gotten to a point, I think it was last year when I was in Israel, two years ago, I was trying to do something, renew the lease, you know, new lease. It was another new year. And it was a whole another rule. And my attendant also was just like, what the flip is this? We were both pissed off. And I literally wrote to my management. I'm like, I, I, I blurted it out. I was just like, you know, it's, until, up until that point, I was at any, any time I dealt with him, I was always diplomatic, trying to be, you know, just kind of hide my true feelings, you know. But I just wrote an email. I'm like, you guys are nickel and diming. You're this, you're that. This is, I literally wrote, this is terrible. What you guys are doing is terrible. This is, a, this is like, a, this is 
Matt, I don't remember what I wrote, but it was just like, I let my feelings know. And then uh, the lady that I'm talking to, everything was cordial until then. And then she just kind of got a little bit testy with me or kind of got like, you know, like um, one word answers, you know. So then after that, I was just like, great. Now, now I basically just like burned this bridge. And now from henceforth, they're just going to try to screw me at every turn, right? Okay. I actually underestimated her. I see her the past few times I've seen her in the office. She's very, very nice to me. I don't know if it's because I'm selling the apartment. I'm leaving. She's just trying to be all, you know? But I think yeah, she, everything, everything that you're describing. Or maybe, everything. no. Or maybe she saw that now that I expressed how I feel. Not only, not only towards them, but like there was one time I literally just was like in front of her. I was like signing some paper. I was just like, she literally was like, she actually was trying to empathize. She's like, no, it's not, it's not that bad. You know, the whole like stack of papers that you're looking at is not that bad. I'm like, I'm like, I literally, I was like, I was like, you realize that before you were working, even working here, this stack of papers was about half the size that it is now. She's like, I understand. but You know? And then like recently now she's like being nice. And I'm thinking to myself, either she's two-faced or either she's just genuinely realized that like I'm right. I don't know. Probably not. But either way, it's like, wow, man, like I thought this person hated me. But even if, but that's the thing in America, even when people hate you, they're going to put on a face like they're, you know, that, may happen. that to me is NPC. Okay. So, so. Remember what I was saying about people, uh, you know, learning because of trauma, because they learned that it's always better to not show your, your not not to not to show your hand, not to show your real feelings, but just to do things to make things quiet and smooth. Yeah, that's what that is. That doesn't mean a person's NPC. That just means that they're, you know, that causes people to become like dishonest. Yeah. And not truthful and two-faced. It's it's just a survival thing. You know, it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that she doesn't have a deeper inner monologue. No, of course she does. But you know what? I really, I, I always ask myself since I'm a kid. I'm I'm thinking to myself. You know, we live in this world, and I always ask the question. You know, why people need to? You know, we're all in the same freaking boat. Like me and me and the, these people in the building, right? I realize that the way the reason people behave the way that they behave, like somebody who's an administrative worker, let's say, or even somebody who works in HR, why? Because, you know, they say the famous thing, like if a person, if your boss is being such and such way to you, just realize that probably the reason they're being that way is because they have a boss. You know, like they answer to someone else. Like these people, they answer to lawyers. There's a group of lawyers or whoever owns that building, runs that building. They answer to a board. You know, there's a board. The board wants it a certain way. And these people just want to keep their jobs. Like you said, they don't want to ruffle feathers, the, the management. So it's maybe not even the management. It's the management that had the fear of God put in them by the board or these old Fs who, you know, when they leave the building, they leave it on a hearse or in an ambulance. You know, and that's it. You know, there's like a chain of command here. But do I care? No. <laughs> I care about the behavior of the people who are who I'm dealing with directly, which is these, these people in the office. Just make our lives easier. Why, you know, like they're making our lives harder and then pretending like I'm the bad guy. Yeah, yeah, of course. Like I'm the re refuser, the resistor, the, 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 the you know, 
asking why I, after 15 years of living in a building, I never needed to have carpets. Nobody ever complained about noise. And I had twilo parties in my apartment. All of a sudden, I need to put area rugs and I have to, I have to pay for them. Dude, this is called game. Yeah. It's called manipulation. It's called machinations. It's called subterfuge. It's, it's just survival tactics. Survival means, well, I'm using it liberally here. It just means I, I want to do the least amount of work. I want to avoid the most headaches. And I want just to kind of get through my day and get away with doing the least amount possible. Yeah. And I, I will lie, cheat, yeah. and steal to do that. And I'm, I'm speaking very generally, yeah, yeah. but there's various levels to which people su subscribe to that. You know, there's some people have their own limits. Like maybe she won't steal, but yeah. she'll she'll tell a couple of lies here and there just to kind of make things easy. Dude, Everybody dude, decides how much of that they indulge dude, in. You know what's astounding to me, and especially working in the wine industry, you see that most uh, it's the most readily available anecdotal statistic, I guess you can say, or 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 conclusion you can come to is all people have to do is make is realize that if they make the other person's life if they help the other person that it's going to i'm not talking i'm not talking talking spiritually i'm talking about practically that it is going to help them for example my partner and i distribute wine we sell wine to stores the person that he works for doesn't want to buy our wine uh, why? Because according to him, it's conflict of interest. And I think, I mean, I'll go deeper. If he buys our wine, that would help our success. That means that my partner shares in that, you know, monetary success and my partner might leave. Right. So that's a reason on his end. But let's say what he does, he forgets or does, maybe doesn't understand or maybe does understand, doesn't care. Like it, it's going to help him, his bottom line by taking our product. Why? Because he's going to have my partner, who's has a has a stake, has has an interest in in that product moving, push it like crazy. It's going to be flying out the door. It's going to help this guy. So what I'm saying is, most people don't understand that it. You know, it's like help me help you. They don't understand if they only make life the other person's life easier, they're going to make their own lives easier in the long run, or even in the short run, as opposed to. F you, I'm going to make your life hard so my life can be easy. No, but you're just you're just making it hard for everybody in the end because you're going to have somebody like me at every year going, why do I have to need to sign this paper that didn't exist the previous year? You're making it harder in the long run. It's just going to be harder and harder and harder. Make it easier. It's hard to see that. Okay, hold on. It's hard to see that. It's, it's not easy to see that because statistics bear that out. Statistics and practicality. Really? Yeah. Okay. It doesn't seem that way. You know, I'll show you why. Okay. Okay. Because people have a bunch of experiences like the following. Okay. Like the following all day, very often. Okay. You're driving. Okay. You pull up at a red light, right? Just in front of the red light, there's where people enter and exit a shopping strip mall. Okay. The person who is pulling out of the strip mall, right? Uh, they are asking you to get in front of you. In, you know, in, in it, if, if that's an honest communication, that means they want to get right in front of you and just drive in your lane. But usually what happens is they get in front of you because they want to try to get into the lane to your left, yeah. which is going to take a long time for them to have a space. Well, well they want to turn. They there, want to turn. And they're going to hold you back. You're going to miss the light and everybody behind you because, because, because no good deed goes unpunished. But that's it's something different, man. 
I'm not talking. That's what I'm. No, what I'm saying is like this: yeah. people experience so much of that in their life. Yeah, they don't want to get screwed. They, they, they just say that it becomes, it becomes the point. They're like, there's no point in trying to do anything good or thinking about that kind of thing. Everybody's just going to try to sit on your head if if possible, brother. But so now, we'll do it to them. So now here's where we where we can get a little bit, I guess you want to say esoteric or mystical. My partner yesterday tells me on the flip side of things. You know, there's a comp there's a there's a um, liquor company in Israel that's looking for a distributor, right? Yeah. Uh, they don't have a distributor for some reason. I thought they had the distributor, and and it's, and it's a product that they make that's actually similar or kind of a combination of some of the liquor products, the spirits products that my partner and I sell. And what does my partner do? He goes and he passes them on to a more established distributor than what we are. And then he tells me a story. He was basically, it was his son's bar mitzvah. He was trying to get chairs from a gemach. He didn't make the appointment, whatever it was. He didn't sign up for this, da, 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 da. So he's like, you know what I did? I got into the car. I made a WhatsApp group with this distributor and these, this liquor company. I made the introduction. You know, basically I did the hesed. He goes, five minutes later, 10 minutes later, I get a message. Hi. I'm so-and-so rich guy in your neighborhood. I have 30 chairs you can borrow for your son's bar mitzvah. Out of effing blank, left field, clear blue sky, nowhere. Yeah, that, that kind of stuff happens. So what these morons don't understand is that this is how this works. Energy. No, it's not guaranteed. No, because, because I've been in situations where I didn't get some kind of miraculous help, even when I was doing the right thing. Okay. 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 It happens from time to time. It's never clear why exactly. Or, I'm not even talking about miraculous help. I'm what I, I'm talking about also. Well, I guess these people don't understand that there's such a thing as long-term karma. Also, that they, yeah. it, 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 all the crap that they've put people through in the past however many years they've been the management or whatever, it's going to come back to them tenfold when when the when it's time to pay the the, the cosmic piper. It will. Of course, I mean that's the truth, but. Most, most they don't care. Not. Most people. That's what. So that's what I mean by NPC. They don't care. NPCs they don't are people who don't understand that. Like Fauci, he's an NPC. He doesn't yeah. understand that. Let's call them something. Let's call them. I called them earlier. Just the dumbest people in the world, or just I don't know. Disconnected matrix. No I don't NPC. know. NPC means that you are not a real person you're not the npc is what that kid told i know of me. i know i'm not using that definition. In, in that remember when that kid he's like you know who the hell are you you don't belong here you don't have yeah. any say yeah. why are you even participating you're not part yeah. of this yeah. that's he was he he looked at me like an npc, NPC yeah. so nobody's an npc yeah. even fauci is not an npc because he is he's playing a role yeah yeah it's a big one of course he is, of course he is. it's not a good one playing the role of Haman. yeah okay so Listen, listen. This is a summary of the of the episode. You know, no one's an NPC. Uh, the reason why some people look like NPCs to us is because they either they've they've been traumatized, uh, and they're not very communicative. They don't feel comfortable, and you really don't know what's going on in their mind. Okay, no. even if it seems to you like they're not real people, which is ridiculous. And here's what terrifies me. Do you remember this? I'm trying to remember the name of this actor. His name was Frank. He was a, a big actor in the 90s. Good actor. You remember, remember that movie Career Opportunities with uh, well, Langella? Langella? No, no, no. This is a this is a, like a, a younger guy. Frank uh, Career Opportunities. 
Dude, there's some of these movies that I, you know that I... You know what it is, man? The problem is I came to America in 87. He's the guy who killed... He was the guy who killed Hoffa in the movie. Who oh, this the, guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, his name is Frank Whaley. Frank Whaley. Wow, there we go. to this guy? He's, he just fell off the face of the he's, earth. He's huge, right? He was huge oh. in the 90s. Anyway, so he has a YouTube channel, actually. But my right. point is like this. There's this one movie that I remember, and this is on cable. I don't think this is in the theaters. Yeah. It was it was him. He's like this disgruntled, like office worker, right? He's being like investigated. He was fired. Now he's being investigated for a crime that that him and his bosses and everybody else in the company was doing. But they're but essentially they're using him as a scapegoat. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. and it looks like you know. So he's like he's messed up. He, he's not claiming to be a good guy, but he got scum he got scumbagged by everybody. So. He's disgruntled, and essentially, you could see that he's planning to to go into the office and shoot up his office. Yeah. Okay, but but basically, this supernatural intervention, like these beings, we're supposed to think are like angels or aliens. They made they made it very vague because they want us to think angels are aliens or any, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which might be the truth. Okay, so uh, one of the angels who was sent to kind of maybe convince him not to do it was Rebecca de Mornay. Remember Rebecca de Mornay? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. yes. From Risky Business, okay? Yes. Uh, this time, you know, a little bit older, more mature, milfy, but fantastic. Mm-hmm. And she was trying to distract him <laughs> with uh, with sexuality. You know, she wanted, yeah. she wanted to essentially, like, distract him. And if he's having sex with her or making out with her, he's like, you know, he's going to calm down and forget about killing all those people in the office but it didn't work i mean she tried it almost happened but and but he ended up coming out of the elevator she was in the elevator with him Mm -hmm. and he shot up the whole office Mm -hmm. but then um it turned out that they they weren't real people it turned like you saw in the in the later in the in the movie you know when the when the guy who was doing the autopsy the what's wrong with me the coroner coroner yeah doing the autopsy um um he's like something's weird about this because the the organs are weird this this looks like this looks like dolphins or something like that you know their skin was so basically these were like some kind of like not real some kind of like biological like robots right that weren't real people and they didn't kill anybody sentient he didn't kill anybody sentient it just it was made to appear that he did to like teach him a lesson. But at the same time, you know, they didn't, in the end, they told him that he didn't actually do it. Whatever. It's weird. It's, it's, it's not clear why they were so interested in his decision-making process and why they wanted to help him so much. That part wasn't explained. But when I hear people like this guy, the spirit channel, what was it? The inspiring, inspiring, right? Whatever. Inspiring. Okay. And people like that. I've even heard like, I'm not going to say Alex Jones said it, but he's kind of like sort of adopting that attitude too about like, you know, those who, you know, who are not listening. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're, 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 they're saying more than that. These are just kind of like people that can't be helped. They're saying they're not real people. Yeah. It's getting weird and freaky like that. Yeah. Okay. So people are going to start thinking that like if this idea spreads, yeah. Okay, which is an untruth. I know, I know. Okay, it's going to create a situation where 
like you're deem look every time something like this happens yeah. like this is the left does stuff like this in every situation to dehumanize the people before they are planning on wiping them out yeah first they dehumanize them remove them from society yeah. you know the same thing that they did to the nazis did to the jews okay uh, this happens this happened many times first you got to dehumanize then you can carry out the mass the mass murder this is it, it's happening yeah. This, that's why this terrifies me. It's crazy. Yeah. Look, there's 8 billion people in the world. All of them are real people, you assholes. Yeah. They are real people. It's just... Um... There's no NPCs. No NPCs. I know, I know. It's just, it's just crazy how many of them are just in, 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 in a trance. Not just with the whole Schmaxine thing, but just in general, like hundred percent. That's terrifying too. That, but that's that, different... I think I think that's what they're really getting at in the end. I don't think yeah. they mean to dehumanize them or anything like that. For dude, sure, dude. Put, sure put, you, you, that video that you sent me is what? like was it like three minutes? Take a look at it. No, I I, I looked at it. Yeah, looked at people it. people should hear it. People I should. I know. I'm just saying. Like I don't I don't even think he means to. He said that, like that. So he he literally said two thirds of the population are they're not real people they might not even be like you know they just kind of like like robots he said that yeah listen a lot of these guys are a little bit uh you know <laughs> speaking of which yeah but um yeah see our friend denise wrote oh my gosh like a zombie apocalypse that they tried to push but listen man but we know that the schmacks almost makes people behave in a certain way you know, if you're talking about changing Shmiyane, then then they might be not that they're not real people, but there's something might be going. Like you said, you you described this whole thing. You know, the whole uh, Telemolakim thing, where where the where the genetics is detaching or or trying to detach itself from the neshama. Trying, right? But so, but so that so so that right there, which might, may lead a guy like this who's also spiritually sensitive to conclude that. That's already hasfa shalom. That's already happened. It hasn't happened, but it right. looks like it's happened. It's no, ha- but the, happened. Resp- the response to that reality is the following: uh, the people who have not done it yet, expend all of your energy yeah. on getting them to not do it. Regard don't and don't and don't get into statistics when you're talking to the people. Yeah, do your best, and when whatever happens, that's already out of your hands. I think. I think just by his him saying what he said, that in in and of itself is a survival uh, mechanism. Obviously, it, it, no, it's a survival mechanism for him and people like him yeah. who they don't want to deal with. The, you can't deal with you know, These aren't people. These people aren't real, so I don't have to feel bad. I don't know what I feel that's, bad again. It's it just is. it's just a thing of like, let's just. It's one of those things like let's. Uh, you know, it's called shoring up the base. Like, let's deal with the people that we can deal with. People, let's say, who are on the fence or people who are, you know, who are on board with us. There's enough of those. And because you want to conserve your energy, like you said, we don't have boundless energy. Let's just deal with the people who we can't. I, I didn't say, I didn't, see, I, I didn't say necessarily that I agree with it. I'm saying that's an understandable mindset. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's, I, I think I, that's I his mindset. Say, I, didn't, I didn't say it was correct. Yeah, no, I, I know. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's not correct, but I'm saying that I'm just telling you that that's his mindset. Not that he's, again, dude, I don't think he's devaluing people necessarily. Even if he said. I, I'm going to, I'm going to need you to listen to really listen to that video and hear everything that he I said. Did listen, I did listen to it. I know. You didn't hear him say that they're not real people, like literally not real. Yeah. 
He's not talking about in some kind of colorful metaphorical way. This guy thinks that these are literally fake, like, like, you know, like not like some kind of like mush, mushy, not real people. Like this is a person who never had a soul or whatever. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. Yeah. There's a bunch of fake people implanted all around us to make it seem to us like the population is much bigger than it is. That's what he said. Well, here's my question, man. What about, you know, if you watch the movie, they live. Do you think there's there's quote unquote people walking around like that? There could be, dude, but I can't like like, like Schwab is one of those motherfuckers. I can look from from my way of determining stuff. I don't have glasses. Like I understand that that's a movie. Yeah. Okay. My way of of the only way that I can think of something similar to what we see in the movie, which is used as a metaphor. Okay. To what's actually going on is the consciousness aspect. Yeah. Okay. It was taught by, I heard Rabbi Weisberg say this. I heard many rabbis and I read personally from the sources, okay, that that the Nachash, (coughs) you wouldn't be able to tell the difference between the serpent and and a human being. They didn't look physically different. It was their consciousness that was their separation. Do you understand? A soul. There are soul types. God created different types of souls. Those souls were revealed yeah. before the, you know, before the thing. Like that's like there's a giraffe. That means a giraffe consciousness. Yeah, of course. There's a snake. That's a snake consciousness. Yeah. But they all look. They all had a humanoid look. Yeah. You understand? Like you wouldn't necessarily be able to tell the difference. Like maybe like somebody had a pointy ear. Or there was like some tiny little thing, but yeah. you had to really look to see what what this is. Yeah. Okay. So. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying there's some like, you know, that he's actually some kind of like, you know, demon, you know, like, you know, lizard, like a little actual lizard, you know, that's like a shapeshifter or something like that. Yeah. I'm saying he has a demon consciousness. Yeah. He is a demon, a real one. That's what a real demon is. Yeah. Doesn't The shell that he's wearing, the body that he's driving right now, because it's like a car. Yeah. That's not what makes a person the thing that he is. Yeah. Okay. So that's different than the movie in the movie you put on glasses and you actually see that these like these are like yeah different Cre- looking creatures they're like you know there's something else yeah physically yeah we don't even know maybe their consciousness was okay yeah. <laughs> but they just look physically different they yeah. somehow they made an illusion to make themselves look physically different their bodies didn't actually look that way that's yeah. not what's going on here yeah. i don't think you know that's i wasn't i never meant to imply that i guess we'll see yeah. Uh, anyway, sir. Yeah, I guess. And and if we, you know, and this, it's, it's terrifying that this isn't obvious to me. And also, it feels like had this been obvious, we could have talked about freaking uh, all the royal families being descended, literally being descended from the real Dracula. Yeah. Now that is a, now that's something that you want to talk about. Let's talk about that next time. I mean, we have to confirm that first. Sure. That's something that Alex Jones said, but because he's right way more often than he's wrong it makes me want to look into it (laughs) folks think about it there might be an actual possibility that all of the people who are trying to kill us right now yeah come from a vampire (laughs) come from the actual dracula vlad the impaler yeah kind of crazy to think about it Uh, you know 
again, like I told, uh, and you were there, like I told Jessica Rose, you know, when they do in movies, is they, they try to depict it as what it actually is in real life, and then they, and then they, um, God, I just want to get into the part. They make us seem like we're crazy uh, by pointing it out. You know? Yeah, no, because the story is actually crazy. So yeah. they, they basically, they make movies about reality. Yeah. And then they say, oh, like that movie? Yeah. What do you mean? You took reality, made a movie out of it. Now you're making fun of it because it's in a movie. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, man, I'm, I'm uh, the doors. Somebody's knocking on my door and it's been three and a half hours. Soviet time is upon us. I want to tell you something. This is the last thing I'll say. These conversations, I can, I can have them like almost like unlimited. You know why? Because I feel like if we just talk about enough and just solve enough things and just figure enough stuff out, like that'll end the world. <laughs> you know what I mean? Once we get to the bottom of it yeah. and we answer all the questions yeah. in a satisfactory way, then then the lights can the real lights can turn it, on and the illusion can be like, It's literally like Wizard of Oz. You know, we we we're just pulling back the curtain. Yeah. And, and then the guy and the guy has no choice but to reveal himself. Yeah, like we, we'll realize this is a, this is this is all a big you know holodeck simulator, and yeah. the real lights turn on, and then rea and then reality comes into play. You know? That's it. All right. All right, sir. We shall continue. Stay thirsty. All right, man. Later. Take care.